What's happening, everyone? Good morning. It's a lovely Saturday here, and we got Season Gaming Bitcast episode 161. A couple fantastic guests today. You know me. I'm Porsche Power, Mr. Ains. Over there, looking at my partner in crime, Mr. Dan Quit. Dan Quit. That's Dan, it's Dan, Dan Quist Positions. Yeah, I didn't put the C in there. It was, it was, it was a toss-up. I was like, should I put the C, you know, after the, or before the Q? But I was like, you know, let's just go Dan Positions. Yeah, no, it yeah. works. It just looks kind of – there's a lot of little lines there that threw me off. So what's uh, going yeah. on, man? How you doing? Good, man. Haven't been doing anything, and it's been awesome. <laughs> so I'm ready to talk some games, I All think. Right. You know, I pretty much, I pretty much nuked my Twitter this week. Like with all my muted words, like I, I have, I don't even get stuff anymore. Yeah, you just turn so on like, Twitter and it just says there's nothing here. Yeah, when you mute, mute like the, and and you know, and you know, you start muting like all these small little words. It's just, it just gets ridiculous. It's just like people posting pictures, and that's all I see. <laughs> now, does anybody here know if you can mute emojis? Because I would like to mute some emojis, um, and I don't know <laughs> I don't if I think can. So. I don't you know. know. I don't How? Think so. Where's the line where you just delete Twitter? Like, where's <laughs> he's been well, close? I'm, I've been very, very close. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm at that point. I'm trying to do like the Lord Sovereign, you know, how he does it, where he just kind of comes in on Sundays and just retweets a bunch of stuff and then <laughs> likes the stuff, and then he's like, "Hey, thanks, man," you know, and that's about all. He does. And then he's out for the week. Yeah, that's yeah, about it. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm, quiet. Yeah, yeah. Notice me, senpai. That's what I'm. <laughs> you know, that's that's the level I want to be at. But it's fine. You know. It's nice to still talk to people every once in a while. You just gotta <laughs> pick and choose. Well, that's so, what we're here for today. So right, that's why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got a, a couple of guests. You know, Mr. Steve Esposito. You know him as Agitated Stove, senior contributor for Season Gaming, and host as well of Copper Piece. How you doing, brother? Doing well. Thank you for having me again. Of course, always good to have you. And Mr. Pong Soul pulling the double header this morning, fresh off of a new episode of Living Split Screen. Uh, actually, your partner in crime was here last week joining us. So That's you guys, uh, yeah, thank you both for uh, putting in the extra time because I know that makes for a long morning. I've been there myself, but uh, <laughs> good to have you back, man. Yeah, no, I got freshened up. Uh, thanks for having me back. I always love getting out of here. Got the the vocal cords are all loose already, so we're we're ready to rock and roll. No problem doing this, man. So no, I just appreciate coming back. I love what you guys do over here. So it's always a great time. Thanks, man. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Good morning, chat. Good to see everyone. Hope everyone's doing well this Saturday. So, yeah, we've got uh, we've got some good topics this week. A lot of um, a lot of kind of rumors, news, things that are kind of forming up. So but first, before we get to that kind of stuff, um, you know, we're going to talk Dead Space. We're going to talk Kojima on Xbox. We're going to talk a lot of PlayStation news this week, um, both good and and curious. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about what we're currently playing, guys. Um, I personally am uh, back on a Souls kick, and uh, you know I'm just kind of punching myself in the face playing through those games again. I um, finished Demon Souls on PS5 this week. Absolutely incredible remake. Uh, one of the most gorgeous games I've ever played. I think from the games I've played, I would say that that Ratchet and Gears 5 are probably literally the best-looking games on console. I mean, they're just head and shoulders above nearly anything else. So that was cool. Now I'm on Dark Souls 2 playing through that while I wait for Dark Souls 3, my third copy of it, to arrive today, actually, for PlayStation. I already have beat it on Xbox and PC. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things that's just kind of sucked me back in again, and that's mostly what I've been playing, other than some Halo 5. Getting the Halo blood flowing again, you know, trying to get that competitive itch back. Uh, been getting 
been an interesting mix of uh, feeling good and getting some skills back and simultaneously playing some high level guys and getting my ass kicked, um, <laughs> which, you know, that's Halo, right? So, um, but other than that, what you guys been up to, man? Anything good? Anything new? Um, who wants to, who wants to go? Uh, I've basically been playing Scarlet Nexus. Okay. And that's it. Um, a little bit of Hitman again. I always play that though, just to I was get. Say, that's like every week. Yeah, that's every week, just because I need to get my. You know, they have elusive targets. They always they've been releasing stuff like crazy, just little things here and there. So I kind of jump on there. Um, really short of that, I finished Metro. Uh, How Scarlet? It's it's so weird. Like it's it's <laughs> like I, I the combat is I would say probably some of the best I've like just unique I've played in any other game. Um, but everything else really sucks. Like it's just these relationship building things where you, you know, you've got several party members, you got to build the relationships and each level of this relationship unlocks a new power or ability uh, that they can use. Um, I, I'm only, I'm pretty sure I'm only like about halfway through, maybe a little bit more, which is weird because I thought I'd be flying through it, but then it's like, you know, you get back every time you do a mission, you come back to your little hideout and then you've got to talk to people and, I don't know what's going on. You give them gifts and, you know, you do these bond missions, which I don't really know what they really do anything. It's just basically them talking to each other. And it's every single stereotype you could probably find. You've got the guy who's like the, the roguish, you know, I'm the best guy in the world, you know, and I'm, and then you've got the guy that's like always mad about everything. Then you've got the little girl that's like super smart, but these people aren't like, they look like children, but they're like, anywhere from 30 to hundred years old. I don't know how old they are because they take like, you know, anti-aging medication or something. Uh, so I don't know exactly what's going on. Like I have the base story, but like all the relationship garbage, I'm just like, I'm so tired of this. I'm like tired of talking to you guys. So I just, I'm just fast forwarding to like, this is pointless. You know, it just give me the next level to whatever the, the bond that I have with you is so I can get that next power. And that's it. That's all I care about. At this point. Uh. So, so it's, combat, it's not again. like you can avoid it then. No, you can't. Yeah, you 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 can. You could just, you know. But again, your 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 party would be much weaker because of it. So I got you. Okay. I, but it's but the combat is so good that I'm able to. Now I don't know how long this is going to last, but I'm able to kind of keep going because I know, like it's just so fluid and it's so well done, and the mechanics are just really really tight, and you've got tons of powers to choose from and they all work really well together, you know, using uh, different party members, abilities, electric, electri whatever, electric shock stuff. You know, you can go invisible, you can get like something that makes you go really fast, duplicating items. You know, it's just, there's, but it's all super intuitive, which you don't find a lot. Like usually it's just button mashing for me and seeing what happens. And it usually ends poorly, but this one is actually good. And it actually takes, you know, a little bit of my skill, which is not much, you know, in the in the long term, but it's it's just it's really good. Like that that part of it's really good. It's okay. just it's basically two different games. One sucks, one's great. <laughs> Stabbing me in the heart over here, Dan. I know. Are you guys playing it too? I, I haven't touched it, so I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um so this week has been an odd week for me, but I put in a lot of Scarlet Nexus last weekend, but I was so busy this weekend. I get was getting home late from work, so I was sitting down. I was like, God, I can't hop into Scarlet Nexus. I can't sit 
I can't sit here and simply play it for 40 minutes. That's just not going to work. I got yeah. yeah. to have extended periods with it. Scarlet Nexus, though, um, for me, is slowly becoming my game of the year so far um, as I work through it. So all the parts that Dan talked about as far as the, as the combat goes, absolutely spot on. It is one of the most creative, most fun combat systems I've played around with in a long time. But me, as an old school JRPG guy, I love all the relationship building. You know, I love the persona stuff, you know, I love all of that aspects of it. So for me, the story itself started out really light, but as I've gotten into it, man, there's been some twists that I would have been like, wow, okay, here we go. Now I'm fully invested in all of this. This all is right. really good stuff. Um, and I'm talking to uh, my brother from another Steel Rain too, because he's uh, he's playing uh, um, uh, Yohida, uh, the uh, male version, and I'm playing Kasani first. So we're playing the opposite sides. Okay. And we've had some conversations about the different perspectives from the story, and it is – like two completely different perspectives on that story. That's, so that is cool. going to, yeah, the replayability is definitely going to be a thing for me, but yeah, Scarlet Nexus is a fantastic game. Um, I've racked my brain and racked my brain as I, as I've been playing it. And I, I honestly probably believe it is the uh, most gorgeous anime style game I've ever played as well. Uh, the, the hand drawn look to the animation is ridiculous when you look at the backgrounds and the details it looks like they ripped it out straight out of akira or ghost in a shell it is just absolutely unbelievable what they did with unreal engine 4 with this game um and i just again i'm falling in love with it if you can't tell so i, no, I, I think it's a great game i saw him say with you he's been talking yeah. about it yeah, Bandai Namco has got something really good on here. And Tales of Arise that's coming out later this year looks also incredible. Yeah, so Tales, I, I, that's my interest. They, they really are doing something good over Bandai Namco. Uh, but as, as far as I was saying, this week has been really weird for me. I, like I said, I didn't jump back into Scarlet Nexus just because I didn't have the time frame to do so. I'm going to do this weekend. but um, So I actually went... I've been playing weird games. I, I'm a guy who jumps around <laughs> all over the place. So you never know what you're going to get out of me. So I've been playing Mars Warlogs from the 360 uh which was uh spiders uh developer uh they are the okay. ones who did technomancer and then of course greedfall uh, yeah. mars mars wars logs actually uh is in the same world as technomancer so okay. it's kind of like a prequel so i going back i got it on sale for a buck 99 so i've been playing through that either you love spiders uh yeah. and and how they do their double a rpg style uh or you don't I yeah. enjoy them. So for me, it's kind of fun to go back. It's a 360 game. There ain't no doubt sure. about it. I'm not going to kind of sit here and say it's something great. It's, but it's fun. And it's got a cool story. And, and some of the narration is really good in it. So I'm having fun with that. And then I actually went back. Uh, Thief. I actually went and jumped back in the Thief. The reboot one? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, and I was, I was kicking that around and having some fun with that again. I had played it on PS4, but I hadn't played it back on Xbox again. And I had it. Yeah. I, know, I got 200 games downloaded between my hard drives. So I was like, oh, let's jump in here. This will be something I don't care about leaving after, you know, 45 minutes, an hour when I got to go to bed. So I jumped back into Thief. So, yeah, I've been I've been kind of crazy. And then the last one I did try out this week, uh, I spent a couple hours with it, was uh, Immortal Realms uh, Vampire Wars, which is the strategy game that just dropped on Game Pass. Um, okay. If you like strategy um, style games, if you like vampires, uh, definitely want to check out not a triple a game by any stretch of the imagination it's got a little bit of card deck building to it as well uh really fun game though uh and the story is pretty cool so far so 
uh, enjoyed that a little bit as well. So, wow. like I yeah, said, a weird are, week for me. You are obscure out there. Yeah, oh, no yeah. doubt. No <laughs> oh, yeah. doubt. But, uh, <laughs> Chad, what's going on, guys? AKW, Vogel, Fatboy, what's happening, guys? Masuko, good to see everyone. Um, thanks for coming out. Steve, what are you up to, man? I haven't All talked right. about what you've been playing lately. I feel like I have been, well, I've been writing the review for Dark Alliance. Right. And, <laughs> you know, with the. With the last couple of weeks of people discussing, like, you have to finish a game before you release the review, which makes sense, of course. I am struggling to finish Dark Alliance. Yeah. Struggling. I'm writing the review. I'm doing my outlines. And then, like, I got to, like, page four of it. I'm messing messing, messing around with it. And I realized, I'm like, this is not a game you have to finish to review. <laughs> like everything you experience within the first hour just continues throughout the entire game. There is no like, oh wow moments. There, none of that stuff happens in that game. Yeah. So I am forcing myself to finish it before I, I hit the publish button on the review. <laughs> uh, Are you playing with friends, Steve? I am playing I'm playing by myself. I've played okay. with my brothers for a little bit okay. and a couple of friends here or there. Where it's fun when you're playing with other people, but yeah. like that's it. <laughs> That's it. Like there, there's nothing else crazy about it. I'm a huge D and D nerd, and like every time I'm like I'm experiencing something in the game, I'm like that's not right. That's not right. I'm like <laughs> I'm nitpicking things. And the worst part about it is like the combat's awful, but fun. The loot is kind of bland, but awesome looking. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. It's just fun. It's one of those games. I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm glad it's $40. If it was 60, 70 bucks, man, it would be yeah. a hard pass. <laughs> like, um, but other than that, like, it's it's not good, but it's good. Like, it's okay. Not good, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm, ha- I'm just having a hard time trying to, like, stick with it and stay motivated with it so I can just, like, Finish this damn review because it's it's almost done. I just I just gotta hit the last boss and just be just delete it off the hard drive for good. So, <laughs> um, and the other thing I've been playing, uh, World of Warcraft released patch nine point one, which it's been uh, the longest space, the longest span between uh, an expansion and follow up content. So this is kind of big. It's important to the franchise because I think that this is really going to determine the player base of World of Warcraft going forward as we've seen a lot of streamers and a lot of people, big names that influence players in the game going over to Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. So, Which is now the biggest MMO in the world. Yes. Yes. So this is this patch, there's a lot going on. Uh, so I'm playing a little bit of catch-up from before because I lost interest so i'm trying to see if it can regain my interest in my sub time because it's up at the end of this month okay and if i can't make enough progress in this where i feel like it's valuable and it's useful i'm done with blizzard till the next time they do something good which in this case it might be a while diablo Um, Diablo. yeah i don't i'm very interested in diablo i'll buy that but it's not on the same level as world of warcraft is Diablo is a fine-tuned experience uh, that is like once they release it, and it's been like give it once or two years with Diablo three kind of being a weird example. It's kind of finished with little bits of content coming out that feels a lot like you're just replaying the same Mm -hmm. thing over and over again until you just go, okay, I'm good, and you stop playing. Um, World of Warcraft is it's a big immersive experience. It's a big time waster. Uh, 
and Blizzard Activision, man, they really want you to stick with it. They want that money. They want you to stay in it. They want you to buy all the other extra stuff. They want all that stuff from you. They they don't want some of your money. They want all your money. Meanwhile, Final Fantasy XIV's like your dailies take twenty minutes to do, and then just have fun, run around, do whatever you want. Oh, you, yeah. you want you only need one character. One character you play all the classes. Um, hey, if you're not that good, um, there's a little thing that pops up in your name to show people that you're new to the game. Uh, the raids are not as time consuming as they are in World of Warcraft. Uh, the player base seems to be ultimately a little bit more friendlier than World of Warcraft, as in I was tanking and I didn't get kicked when I said, I don't realize, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, uh, it's it's a much different experience in Final Fantasy fourteen and compared to WoW. And it's uh I'm really interested in how this is gonna go because we do have a new expansion for fourteen coming out. So like I said, uh, they just had the PS5 upgrade too. Yeah. Yeah. So this is gonna be interesting to see what happens between the two. Um I mean it's funny because I remember the years uh working at GameStop and seeing all the marketing for all these games, the WoW killer. And who would have known that it's going to be WoW that kills itself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that's been it. That's all I've been playing. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, seeing that WoW continues to dip, um, and Final Fantasy fourteen is seemingly just continuing to go the other direction is really interesting. I know, um, um. Uh, God damn, I forget his name now. Um, someone on Twitter I follow is always talking about Final Fantasy XIV and how good it is. I've always wanted to dive in. I just I get scared of the time commitment with MMOs, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's just a <laughs> scary prospect. Fourteen isn't as... I mean, they fix a lot of the grinding issues in the game. Okay. So, like, before when I played it, when it was a Realm Reborn, it was, it was a slog. Okay. And even amongst the fan base, a Realm Reborn is the worst content of the game. So they, but they changed it. So now you can just kind of follow the main quest line, and just kind of shoot through everything, which is really okay. cool. Um, and then uh, once you get to uh, Heaven Sword, which is the first expansion, it's you can just take it from there. You buy the expansions as you go along. There's new classes, uh, and each class has a storyline too. So everything is very unique. It's all story based. Uh, one YouTuber, I can't remember his name, he said that uh, World of Warcraft is like an MMO RPG, Final Fantasy is an RPG MMO. Okay, and that's how it is. Uh, cool. It's interesting if you like stories, it's definitely worth checking out. And it's a free trial up to the Heaven Sword expansion, so you can play the first core game and the Heaven Sword expansion without paying a single dime. Oh, huh? okay, fair enough. Fair One enough. promise I'm still mad at Phil for. He promised it was coming to Xbox. Uh, <laughs> I, I want it so bad. Yeah, yep. I want it I so bad. It's kind of strange to see that it's being so successful, and the team over there just kind of said, you know, I don't know if it's the director. You know, he spoke a couple months ago around, you know, we just don't want to dedicate the resources to another edition, and it's like, eh, Come on. it shouldn't be that difficult nowadays. Right. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'll see. Um, anyway, guys, let's get into uh, let's get into the news this week because we got some stuff to talk about. So uh, we'll start with some of the uh, PlayStation stuff, which is uh, there's a couple different things to talk about here. First, we'll just start with Ghost of Tsushima. Um, so you know, it leaked uh, several weeks ago now that you know we said uh, that all the leaks were that Ghost of Ikushima was going to be a standalone. Uh, turns out it's an expansion, and they're using this PlayStation Five Director's Cut model to basically offer it to 
to the player base. Now, a couple things. One, um, we can talk about obviously, you know, the new content and what uh, the uh, Iki Island is going to bring to the game. Um, and then uh, just the confusion around uh, how you upgrade here. So I've seen a lot of people say they've locked the PS5 upgrade behind an expansion or behind Director's Cut, but they actually haven't. They just didn't communicate it very well. So there's really three different ways you can approach this. So if you read their kind of press release afterwards, which was like three paragraphs long, which just goes to show you it's too complicated. Um, you can spend, if you already have Ghost, you can spend $10 to upgrade to the PS5 native version now, which is this 4K60 target, the haptic feedback, all that stuff. Then you can spend another $20 and get the Iki expansion. Um, I hope I'm saying that right, but you can get, get the Iki expansion, uh, the island, the new content, etc. Or if you're kind of basically just brand new to the game, you can buy the director's cut on the PS5, which is $70, gives you the core game, all the content, and a few digital bonuses as well. So um, I personally for me, like I really liked Ghost. Um, it's not way up there like I know it is for a couple of you guys, but I really thought it was a good game. I don't know if I'm going to dive back into this or not, but you know, your thoughts on the expansion and the only weird thing for me is like, I, I don't really care that they're charging $10 for the upgrade. I mean, I'm pretty indifferent on these things. Um, but it just does feel a little weird when you see things like, um, you know, all these other third party companies doing 4K, 60 ray tracing updates for free uh, for multiple platforms, right? Like we just saw Dooms this week. The uh, Doom Series X upgrade came out. Um, it's all for free and on PlayStation as well, of course. So, um, but $20 for the expansion doesn't seem bad at all to me. I thought it would actually be more. I don't know about you guys. And, um, you know, I guess if you're coming in late and you haven't played it yet, the director's cut is a way to just get kind of the best of everything and jump in. So what do you guys think, man? Dan, Dan I'll start with you because I know you love um, I know you love Ghost and I'm sure you're looking forward to this as well. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and complain and tell you that, you know, it's a bad deal. There, there. If this is what it's come to, where I have to pay for an upgrade, as opposed to buying an entirely new version, I'm looking at you, five hundred five games and control. <laughs> I would far rather have this option than yeah. having to buy a whole other version of the game. So that's fine with me. If you want to charge me, whatever. You know, there's a little bit of extra work needs to be going into it. It's not just that. You know, there's there's dual sense you know, uh, integration. Haptic. Yeah, the haptic feedback. There's, you know, they did the Japanese, uh, what is it? The lip sync, uh, basically. Lip sync, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and you get the whole upgrade and you get, you know, Iki Island. That's fine. 30 bucks. No problem. That's I wish they, no they didn't, me. sorry to interrupt you, but they didn't talk about how big the expansion is, did they? Yeah. I mean, just like I think I talked about last week, like it, it looks like it's about a third of what, you of know, the core game of the core game, maybe a little bit smaller, maybe the small area, like the top area of the uh, of Tsushima. Okay. So, I mean, just from this is me going on Google Maps and looking at what you know <laughs> Iki Island is. So, I'm just if, if it's based on that, that's Google what Maps. I'm going with, right? Yeah, Google Maps or Google Earth, look under it, it looks about like a third of the size, maybe a fourth of the size of the, of the main island. So that's fine. You know, it's, it's, I was going to play through this again. Actually I was, you know, I was probably kind of early uh, because it was one of my favorite games of the year. Um, and so this is going to be a no brainer for me. I don't care about the extra money or whatever. I wish they'd make it a little bit more 
succinct, you know, but this is the route they chose. And at the, this point, you know, it's not like this is the first time this has happened. You know, it's happened before with several other games. So fine, whatever. I'm just not going to sit here and get bent out of shape over a little bit of, you know, extra money that I have to pay. Not a big deal. I know you won't because you don't buy about copies else. of it anyway. Right. So. It's like, like, why do we care about every, like if you are personally upset and this affects you, fine. Don't sit here and tell me that, you know, I'm worried about the guy across the street that has to pay an extra 10 bucks so he can upgrade to his PS5. Go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit about that, dude. I care mm-hmm. about me. And that's all that I've ever cared about. And everybody else should also care about you. Don't worry about what guy over here is doing or girl over here is doing. It doesn't matter because you're going to sleep at night just fine <laughs> with the PS5 upgrade or not. It doesn't matter. All it is is, you know, a, a, a point for people to voice their opinions and get upset and use it for some kind of ammunition for some stupid thing on Twitter. So that's what it basically boils down to. This is the way Sony's going to do it. Fine. I'm, that's, I'm, if, you, if I didn't like the game, I wouldn't buy it. It's that simple. I mean, you, nobody has to buy it. So shut up. <laughs> you don't get it. anti-consumerist. I, I don't give a shit less about every other consumer except for me. Like it would affect me personally, where I was like, if I didn't have ten bucks, you know, sitting around, you know, then that's my problem. You know, I got to deal with it. But I really don't care. It just drives me crazy. Yeah, like, that's that's the funny thing about this is that this game is not stirring up as much of a controversy as it was with other titles. Right. Like, I don't know if you guys, I haven't seen anything on my Twitter feed about it, and I don't have words muted really. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, it, it. I mean, personally, I'm I'm on Dan's side about this. I I kind of I love the game. It was really good. Yeah, sure. I'll throw more money at it for more content. That that's a no brainer. I'm not expecting it for free. I don't think anyone should. And I think uh, I think there's a lot of people who are fighting and being like, oh, it should be free or all, all this stuff and using other people as an example just to make themselves look better to other yeah, people. That's what it is, man. It's all about the clout. Yep. Just grandstanding bullshit is what it is, basically. I don't even My care. My grandfather didn't die for this country for ghost yeah, stuff. That hell out of here. Twenty dollars more. Yeah. I, again, I I don't care. It doesn't yeah. bother me one bit at all. The only the only counterpoint to what you guys are saying is that there are other companies doing this and more for free. That's it. Yeah. What? But so, and, and not saying that Sony it? has to do that. They're obviously chosen the path of making people pay for upgrades in the $70 game round. And that, to Dan's point, that is what it is. If you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. Um, it doesn't really, we're not going to change that. Um, that's, 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 that no. ship has sailed. So, um, Pong, what do you think, man? Well, again, I don't own a PS5. Um, I sold my PS4 before Ghost of Tsushima came out. It was definitely a game I'm interested in when I pick up a PS5. Um, I will, it would be one of the first games I do play on it uh, because it is definitely right up my alley but just from a business standpoint take a step back i'm never going to defend a company raising prices when i don't believe they have to um at the end of the day does it matter to me personally no uh dan steve yourself you're you're all you guys are all right to me personally it doesn't matter and also it doesn't you know nobody's going to stop buying these games that hasn't happened yet that's why we see nintendo doing what they do nobody stopped buying their old games for you know full price it, it doesn't matter um really though 
what it comes down to here, and I know that some people are trying to use this stuff for clout, and they try to use this stuff for the council or BS, right? We know this. But at the end of the day, if you just want to look at it from a business standpoint, taking a step back and, and looking at it, you, it is a different type of strategy. You're seeing two companies you know, with two different models now. Xbox has now moved themselves over to the Game Pass subscription-based formula, whereas Sony is still stuck in the old console-based sales game, right? And so we're seeing that division now widen. And we knew this was going to happen until Sony figures out which way they're going to go or how they're going to do, you know, their future, uh, you know, when it comes to a service-based, uh, you know, platform of some kind. It's not going to be one-for-one with Game Pass. We, we, I think we all know that that can't happen. But whatever it is, until they make that move, we see them in the old way. Now, Nintendo's been doing it forever. So Sony is now closer to Nintendo than ever when it comes to this model. And we see them pushing that boundary a little bit they know they can get away with it for right now right they've got the they've got the mind share for the most part worldwide they're still the market leader they are what they are their consumers their customers will defend what sony does for the time being we've seen it already they didn't you know the 70 dollar thing didn't even go anywhere people tried to start fires and it died right away because nobody cared everybody said no i'm willing to pay 70 dollars for sony quality Sony knows they can do this. Jim Ryan knows that he can get away with getting this $10 next-gen tax, whatever you want to call it, for right now. And he's going to do it because that's why he's in the position he's in. Sony needs every little bit of money they can get, especially with the lack of consoles out in the wild due to the chip shortage, um, which they could not have prepared for, due to the scalpers, which are holding X percent of those consoles from being out there. They need to make sure that they're grabbing and and obviously taking advantage of every single software sale that they can get. And they're doing that. Um, And so again, I'm not going to defend it. I think it's wrong uh, from the standpoint of a $10 next gen tax. I don't like it when, you know, Activision does it. I don't like it when EA does it. Uh, I think it's stupid, especially when PCs uh, don't get that. I mean, you don't have to pay extra because you're running a 3080 or a 3090, right? You're not paying extra, even though you can run better quality. Um, And so I don't like it on the consoles, but I understand that's what we deal with as a console user base, as a closed system user base, we get that. Sometimes we get shafted. So it is what it is. Um, But I just think, honestly, from this standpoint, from a business standpoint, it makes sense why Sony's doing it. They're going to do what they do, um, and their base is going to eat it up. I, I don't have a problem with the price point. Um, you know, initially when I heard about this uh, expansion, I thought they were going to do the Miles Morales route and I thought it was going to be a standalone and I thought they were going to try to charge 50 bucks, 60 bucks. Yeah. And then I was going to be like, whoa, 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 no, 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 we can't do that. Now that they included it, if you take out the $10 upgrade fee, you're looking at 20 bucks. It's a fair price point. I have zero issue with that in any way, shape or form. So yeah. Yeah, $20 for an expansion is definitely yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's good with that. So let me get no. this super chat I missed from uh, Joey yeah, King. Ahead. Always always a big supporter. Just wanted to show my support, and I really appreciate what you guys do. Love the content. Joe, thanks, brother. Really appreciate the support. Yeah, man. Welcome to the club. That's Joey, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no that's different no, no, Joey. No, no. That's not okay. uh, different Joey. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No. I take that back. All right, real <laughs> quick. Yeah, if, if Xbox is this Shizno, I would say the same damn thing because I don't care. It doesn't matter who the hell is doing it. It doesn't matter. If Xbox came out and said, hey, we're going to charge you 10 bucks for an upgrade, but they don't. So what Xbox is doing, having these pro-consumer moves, it makes it basically amplifies this, you know, yeah. anti-consumer stuff. On. Yeah, basically yeah. that's what it is. I don't care. I don't care if Nintendo does it. I don't care if anybody does it. 
freaking you know soldier boy came out and said oh you're gonna put another ten dollars on whatever i don't care you guys remember the 80s and 90s yeah. how much we were paying for freaking games back then yeah they were 90 dollars right you know this is cheaper so I, this is what i don't understand if you guys want to get so bent out of shape go back you know 20 30 years and remember that you know this is good this is fine 10 extra bucks whatever you know no. i can't tell you you know, if you don't have the 10 bucks, sorry. You know, I mean, that's not, it's not my problem. I mean, I, you, does people really want other people to care? I don't. That's the thing. You know, these yeah. guys are going to do what they have to do to make money. That's what their business is. Right, right. If that's we, what we, they need to do. That's exactly what we've seen too, Dan. Right. And that's what we've seen through social media. Again, people try to start this war and then most of the time it fizzles out now because the other side is just like, nah, whatever, I'll just pay it. I don't care. It doesn't, it, like you said, for the most people, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's interesting from a chess point of chess chess move point of view when you're looking at strategies. Sony does have to be careful because with their model right now and with, with Xbox's model, it's a death by a thousand cuts at some point as people start comparing the two, because even if, you know, Sony just continues to do what they do, you know, game pass and the, what they're offering and, and with backwards compatibility and everything that's gone into all the work that they've done, eventually it's going to reach the masses and the casual people that are shopping for these next gen systems. Once they're available, when they start looking at the comparisons, it's eventually going to reach that level where people start going, wow, what, what is Sony doing? I got to pay all this extra money all the time. What, what really, when an Xbox is giving me all this, eventually it's going to hurt them in some way. They just got to be careful how far they push this. That's all. That's a, it's right. funny you say yeah. death by a thousand cuts because yeah. we talked about this on Cast Co-op with Joe and Luke the other day. And Joe, being the PlayStation guy, right, he said the same thing. Yeah. Um, he said this is just another. It's he's like it's not a big deal. Um, he doesn't agree with it, but right. also he doesn't really care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he said the same thing. He actually used that phrase death of a thousand cuts. He said it just feels like Sony. You know, just it's all these little things, right? They just keep pushing, 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 and eventually there will be parts of the fan base. And even he, as a Sony guy, is questioning it. Like, what are they doing here? You know, so many other companies aren't going this route. Right. Um, I'm, I'm really glad you got me on the speculative episode of the podcast because boy, that's in what I had to We're staying on. We're staying on this way longer than I expected. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild because, up, boys. Yeah. When when you do take a look at like what Sony and Microsoft are doing, even the bad games on Game Pass is still a good thing because you they Microsoft and other people just turn around and go. Now think about this. You could have spent seventy dollars on that. Mm-hmm. And not get a refund. Dark Alliance right. is a perfect Dark example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outriders. Yeah. Outriders. Yeah. That's a great thing, right? Like, I mean, like being able to have Game Pass, you know, takes care of, you know, and once they start getting these big 30 third party games on a more consistent basis, and then they mix that in with their first party games, it's going to be, we've talked about this a hundred times, it's going to become indispensable. You know, regardless if you own an Xbox, it's going to be, on your phone, it's going to be on your mm-hmm. PC, it's going to be on your tablet, you know, wherever you want to play. And that's what they have going for them, you know, yeah. and it, it all looks amazing. But when you put in, I'm going to charge you an extra 10 bucks sitting right next to this, it amplifies that so much when that's, in reality, it's yeah. not that big of a deal. That's the point. That's yeah. the point. That's exactly- Sony, Sony's trying to normalize the whole practice before Xbox is able to really start delivering on the checks and they sent out to all these developers because it's, it's going to happen in a blink of an eye, you know, after halo infinite, we're going to start seeing those games coming out and it's going to be rapid fire. I think they said like a year and a half ago, they want one major title every month. 
Mm-hmm. And Sony needs to kind of set their game in motion first before Microsoft starts really upping that ante. Because, and I think that Halo Infinite is the perfect start. Uh, I think right now, with not a lot of people to get their hands on the consoles, wonderful that it didn't come out when it did. Because then you're giving people a lot of time to catch up on grabbing the consoles. They're reading a lot of the news. The anticipation's building up. There's people going, why would I? Like, There's people really thinking about where their hard-earned money is going. You know, yeah. A lot of people can assess the situation before diving into if, if they're like some people where they can only buy one console. So with more news coming out with Sony being like, oh, we have to nickel and dime you for all these different things, and Microsoft's kind of holding the door open and going, oh, wait, there's more once you get inside. That's going to really... that That's when things are going to explode, and I might delete Twitter. That's the thing with Microsoft. You know, they've got so many other different revenue streams. It's not like you know, Sony's bringing in stuff from, you know, Windows and everything else that they've got their hands in. So Sony. they they can pull that stuff off. I yes. mean, gaming is the biggest one, you know, for Sony. We've talked about that before. You know, it's just that's just how it is. So they have to do this kind of stuff, you know, yep. at to a certain extent. You know, now if they come out and they say, okay, well, games are going to be double on our system. Well, yeah, people are going to be like, get the hell out of here. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe. You know? Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, you can <laughs> take these risks. You know, which I think Xbox did with Game Pass initially. I, that's what I was like, man, it's gonna, you know, it's a risky move. You know, getting into a, a, you know, like a Netflix model thing where, you know, that company just started, you know, becoming profitable. So it's right. just like, you know, they can they can make those moves and 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 be able to make mistakes. They didn't. I think Game Pass is you know mm-hmm. outstanding, yeah. but I think that you know Sony has to be a lot more careful. And right. play, you know, those kind of, you know, it's just a different business model. And we've yeah. said that a hundred times. Yeah. That's, and a, that's why we have Jim Ryan and not yeah. Sean Layden, right? Yeah. That's exactly why Jim Ryan's there and I Sean Layden's gone. Sean Layden was the guy who was the customer and the gamer and the, you know, the guy who would do anything, keep Japan studios open, didn't care. And now you got Jim Ryan coming in who's trimming the fat, making sure the numbers are all correct and making sure they're showing that profit they need to because they have to. It, yep. It's it's PlayStation and insurance. That's yep. Sony's main game right now. So you have to have the profit. That's why hey, Jim's there. Yeah, and Kev, uh, what's up, Kev? He said, uh, you're thinking about it or not, whether it pays off in the long run for Sony, that's to be yep. seen. And that's kind of the yeah. key is, again, the whole death of a thousand cuts is, you know, they're they're optimizing profit streams right now and that bottom line right now. Does this hurt them in the long run? We don't know. Um, right. You know, we're all, again, it's speculation at this point. But <laughs> people do notice. Chet, you came in a little late, man, because I just I, I said the same thing as well. Um, about Doom Eternal, same point is that you know we just got the Doom Eternal upgrade this week, which is really extensive um, for free, and that's third party and on all platforms. Um, and I think you know, Paul, call, you called out too. One of the things that um, <clears throat> a lot of people reference in this conversation is PC. It's like you're developing games for PC. You're already doing this. It's not like, and I know uh, Fonz preaches this all the time, is that you're not having to do any extra work here. This is you're already doing this. Um, so yeah, what it whatever, we kind of nailed it. Uh, we'll see if it if it uh, 
we covered all aspects there far longer than I wanted to, but we'll see if it has any effect in the, uh, in the long run or not. You do what you realize you invited me on the show. <laughs> you do realize. I breathe hot air, man. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I love the sound of my voice. Let's go. Yes, Chad, I, I'm aware that Bethesda's not third party anymore. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm what? aware. When did that happen? Are we going to cover that? Is that breaking? <laughs> PlayStation is third party to them. Right? They did yeah. the upgrade for third party <laughs> um breaking news the bethesda was acquired um on the acquisitions uh front um on sony's part so housemark they made official this week right housemark uh you know next machina resogun and obviously returnal most recently which uh, i really enjoyed reviewed it loved it um they they were already pretty much like a second party for playstation um, but they they kind of put a ring on it this week, uh, which personally I think is a fantastic addition to PlayStation Studios. Uh, they're a talented studio. They've been growing for the past few years. The Returnal team, if I understand correctly, was just under about 100 people, whereas they used to be about 30 or 40. Um, so they've continued to grow. And now you just have to imagine that with PlayStation First Party support officially, uh, they'll get even more resources and you know capabilities, engine tech sharing, et cetera. So knowing what they did with Returnal and how optimized and 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 just excellently executed that game was, I don't know why I phrased it that way. Um, <laughs> um, uh, it uh, this this is exciting, right? I think this is a good news for the studio. It's good news for pretty much everyone. Um, it's also one of those ones that really doesn't feel like it has a huge impact on the industry because they were already making games for PlayStation, right? It just feels like a natural fit. Mm -hmm. um, I think the the other thing, and I'll kind of tie these two together, is the Nixus acquisition. So Nixus was more of a support studio. They've been around for a long time, over 20 years. Um, but they're more of a support studio out of the Netherlands. And they uh, have more technical knowledge around PC porting, which they've done on, on several occasions for different developers over the years. So, uh, you know, I think I know many people have already talked about this, but this just signals to uh, kind of us and everyone paying attention to this, that PlayStation is obviously putting more effort and time and money into porting their games to PC, which we already began seeing. But I think that's going to ramp up, right? We've been talking about how that timeline is not going to be three years post-release anymore. Um, as they kind of optimize this process, get more talent to do it, you're going to start to see the first-party PlayStation games hit PC far sooner than you used to. Yeah, oh, man. great, because I was waiting for four years before I could play Days Gone on my PC. Hey, you, oh, man. you didn't need to wait to play that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we look at the game, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's this is great. I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't play a Housemarque game so because I suck. But whatever. I mean, I, I'm just tired of acquisitions. <laughs> you know, that's mostly what's going on here. Like, it, it's the, so, the word is just thrown around. Oh, way it too just much drives now. me crazy. Like, whatever. Okay, Sony bought these guys. Fantastic. Uh, maybe we'll start seeing. You know, with Nixes. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Nixes, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll start seeing the PC ports sooner. I don't know. In time. You know, Not right. Like tomorrow, yeah. Right. Yeah. No. no yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the same thing. You know, I said about the Xbox Studios. Now it's just. What are you going to produce? You know, that's what I want to see. That's it's the final product. It's not obviously all this other garbage. It's you know now given you know you have all these uh, resources now, right? Like the same thing I said about uh, compulsion games. You know, I want to see what you can do with all these resources, and you know, and basically free reign to whatever extent that they give it to you. So that's what I want to see. It's always yeah. the final product. 
Like all the stuff in between doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, Chad said we need to talk about next gen console acquisitions because people <laughs> yeah. still can't get them. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. These, they, these are pretty straightforward. I know we've talked about these. Uh, what do you guys think about the Blue Point slip up by Sony Japan Studio? You know, they announced this housemark acquisition. Sony Japan official Twitter account put out that they'd acquired Blue Point, which has been a long rumored thing that's been coming for PlayStation, but nothing definitive. They quickly took it down. Um, and then Blue Point on their official account said, We are a you know, privately funded in fully independent studio um, to basically dismiss any of these. But this seems weird to me, guys. I uh, I don't see how an official PlayStation account creates an asset with the Blue Point logo and then publishes it if there's if there's nothing going on here. That just seems odd to me. They just yeah, made it for really fun. Yeah. They made it for fun. Yeah, right. It was like a what if thing. Right. I'm, I'm sure they got a rock star in there somewhere too, as well. Right. It's just, what if? Yeah. yeah. They just threw the wrong one up. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's like happens. a perfect fit as well. You know what oh. I mean? I mean, they already make they, the best remake studio in the world and they make yeah. incredible remakes for PlayStation already. It just seems like a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, what, they done, in, like, go ahead, they've done like Shadow of the Colossus, Demon Souls. Yep. What else do they do? The Uncharted stuff is that right? Yeah, didn't they do like the, the collection? Oh, they, did, they, did, they did Gravity Rush. It does that's basically all they do is like kind of the port, right. right? Yeah, that's all right. All. yeah. yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's see what you're porting next. The, you know. <laughs> well, the you know, the, the all the prevailing the rumor? rumor at the moment is they're doing Metal Gear Solid, but fantastic. We haven't, uh, you know, Ooh. seen any evidence of that yet, yeah. yeah. So. And Dan, they were responsible for the Nathan Drake collection. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you yeah. go. Okay. I mean, Demon Souls is. I said I just finished it this week. That remake is. <clears throat> it's hard to even describe how good that is. Like it's it's phenomenal the work they do. Uh, the fact that a remake on PS5 is one of, if not the best looking console games out there, is just incredible. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you guys think, man? Tell me. You think Blue Point's uh, in the process yeah. of acquisition? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. It's another one they've been dating forever. They got kids together. There's no reason <laughs> not to put a ring on it, you know. At this point, um, it just makes a lot of sense. Like you said, it, it it's not like a it's not an industry shaking kind of deal, like a Zenimax or something else, where you know they've you know they've been working with PlayStation for so long. It's a natural fit, and again. Yeah. It's funny. I always kind of laugh now that we've seen these acquisitions go through because, you know, Sony has had some interviews where they kind of, you know, some people thought they were throwing shade at Microsoft saying, hey, we just don't throw money around and all this kind of stuff. But if you listen to like Herman Hulse's quotes and you listen to Phil's quotes about acquisitions, they're much aligned with each other as far as what they look for. Uh, yeah. Microsoft isn't just willy nilly <laughs> buying studios just to buy a studio. Yeah. The whole ZeniMax deal was, you know, over a decade in the making with the partnership that they had with those guys over there. It was, you know, that that's something they both look for when they go in to try to find. They want to make sure that it's going to be a good fit for their family period they want to make sure they have a, a relationship that will bond together that they can just kind of absorb with little to no uh issue whatsoever right they don't want a whole lot of time uh where they're trying to get to know each other right you just want to kind of meld in and keep going with what they're doing and both uh you know xbox and sony are looking at that and you can see that blue point would be another one they just fold them right in 
Let them continue to do what they do. Sony has a gigantic backlog of great IP, older IP yeah. sitting there that they could churn out with Bluepoint and people would be happy. It would sell. Uh, so they've got a they've got such a huge catalog uh, that they could just update, bring up to date, remaster, whatever you want to call it, and people would buy it. It would be a constant a constant uh, form of content that they could put out on a regular basis with Bluepoint. So I think it makes perfect sense, and I'm sure it's only a matter of time at this point. Yeah, so. yeah, I have to think so as well. And yeah. real quick, let me get to the super chat from Mo. Happy Saturday, boys. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the show. Cheers to you and everyone watching. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Mm. Realize I missed it. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, to your that's a great point, Pong. In that they do have a, a whole history of IPs. Um, you know, people keep mentioning siphon filter here and there. Um, things like that are just sitting out there waiting. Um, <clears throat> Got so much. Dax and Jackster, Sly Cooper. I mean, you just go down the list. I mean, the things they could do. Yeah, Jack and Jackster, I'm really, God, yeah. I would love to see that come back. Such a great yep. franchise. That's a naughty dog, too. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I think uh, Beast Mode said something I wanted to touch on. Uh, Beast Mode said, Grub hinted that House Mark might have cost some premium due to market inflation. That, that could very well be true. Um, and I mean, you know, the, the market evaluation of Bethesda was not $7 billion. Um, it was far lower than that. So it's just, yeah, it's the nature of the industry, right? You're, they're investments, right? <clears throat> so, I mean, that's Phil, what you're looking for. That was Phil giving his buddies, like, some extra cash. You know, <laughs> <doing the> job. <laughs> yeah, you get up to those types of figures, right? And it's just like, yeah, it's a whole nother world. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you even do that math? Like, how do you sit there and go, yeah, 7 billion sounds right. And they're like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just hit it over. Like it's nothing. Like how does how does this number I like to be a fly in the wall of that conference room? Like, yeah. especially with like knowing that like Sony was trying to cut exclusives and stuff. Yeah. And like the guys just know in the back of their head, they're like, uh, we got this seven point six billion dollar deal. Mm -hmm. Uh it's it's insane. Yeah. Like, and, and, well yeah. you and you touched on it there that could possibly be part of the kind of uh increase in the valuation of bethesda in terms of microsoft's mind too is exactly that right sony yeah. could have been offering however much yeah. to make starfield exclusive which is what we've kind of heard on the underlying thing and you know microsoft might have come in and just said you know domino um and <laughs> just you know through the extra billion or whatever it is adam to say not only are we you know we're taking the whole company and throwing that deal out the window too it's got to be interesting i would love to see the details on that kind of Correct. stuff um, but we never will. Nope. <laughs> so um, let's move on. Hey, uh, three bit. Good to see you, brother. Um, <clears throat> the last thing on PlayStation I want to touch on, guys, is around this whole indie developer kind of thing that came out. So if you're not fully familiar with this, a uh, small uh, co-founder of an indie developer came out and just went on a rant on Twitter around platform X, which obviously very shortly after was found out to be PlayStation. Um, Too hard to decipher. <laughs> no, and he actually, he responded to someone and said PlayStation like 10 minutes right. later. Right. Um, so we didn't run with this at first because it's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, if this is one guy, he could be, have a bad day. He could be disgruntled. You know, it could be anything. Who knows what's going on in his world at the moment. Um, but then, you know, this spurred, it, it caught fire. It spurred a bunch of other developers to speak out. Um, and so then we kind of summed them up and, and some of the sites, some of the better sites out there like gamesindustry.biz kind of put it up, which we pulled from as well. Um, 
but yeah, let me just read some of these comments, guys, and then we can kind of touch on it. So it started with this guy to say, you know, <laughs> a revenue breakdown. He was being very sarcastic. And he said, just totally hypothetical, definitely not real revenue breakdown from Platform X. Um, but what's most interesting out of all this is he said that less than 3% of their sales as a company are on PlayStation. He said it is our worst performing platform by far. <laughs> Worse than other well-known plumber or super soldier related systems. And also worse than DRM free sales platforms like itch, um, which is just comical. And then, you know, people started to pile on. So a guy from uh, red thread games came out and said, uh, this thread mirrors our experiences exactly. Um, our game's been out for over a year on consoles. When was the last? It's never been discounted. It's definitely not for a lack of trying. He said, we are a pretty established developer with a proven, pr proven track record. And I have no idea who to even contact to make console sales happen at PlayStation. Um, another one... Uh, this guy just came out and said it. Hypnospace Outlaw developer Jay Tholen. Yeah, PlayStation sucks for indie developers. We sold like <laughs> trash on there compared to other consoles. Um, we make more sales on itch alone than we do on PlayStation in total. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, Mike Rose, who is a guy who uh, makes Descenders. He's spoken about Game Pass many times. He said there's a thread going around today, but lots of people are sharing. The reason you don't see more threads like it is because indie devs are too worried to say it publicly. Um, he said, but trust me when I say that the vast majority of indie devs reading this are nodding their heads violently in agreement. So this is, um, again, sitting where we sit, right? The whole corporate thing. We don't know all the details of how this works. We don't know. There's nothing we truly know about this other. We could only go on what they're saying. And I don't want to make this out to be some huge deal. I already talked about this on Cast Co-op the other night and we kind of touched on it. But again, this definitely just feels like one of those small kind of, well, maybe not even small. If you're an indie developer, it's a big problem. But it, it feels like one of those problems that you just shouldn't hear. Do you know what I mean? It, it right. We saw this and I, I compared it to when Xbox uh, 360 was out. You remember when they used to have Summer of Arcade yeah, on Xbox yeah. 360? And that was awesome, right? Yep. Um, and they used to promote like Braid and Castle Crashers and all these right. fantastic indies. Um, Limbo was a huge yep. one. Out of, out of summer of arcade and then there was a fantastic relationship super meat boy another one and it, it kind of died towards the end of 360 they got into the xbox one era and xbox like just threw them out the door um and we started to hear from indie developers you know xbox is just terrible as a as a platform for us um when they kind of lost their way and that was when in i want to say 2015 i'm going off of memory again when they found that id at xbox to start correcting those problems right and they put a whole department dedicated to supporting indie development on xbox which is boomed for them recently it feels like playstation's done the same thing because playstation was the home for indies for a long time and indie developers cherish being on playstation and it feels like that's just kind of trailed off now going back to the big success as a platform they've had they've lost sight of these smaller developers that's what it feels like anyway so again just get your thoughts here guys um obviously like I said, there is something here. Uh, don't know how serious it is, how widespread it is, um, but it, it just feels like, uh, you know, you hope that PlayStation's now kind of paying attention and they're, someone's kind of moving to uh, offer better support for these smaller companies. Yeah, I, I've said it before. 
and I'll, I'll say it for the thousandth, the thousandth time, uh, <laughs> this is the year of the indie dev. Like, I don't care what you think, what you play, what AAA experience you like. There is so much in the indie scene right now. Yeah, there uh, really is. There, it's, it's insane. Every kind of game you like, there's an indie developer making the same thing with a little bit more heart and a little bit more soul into it. Uh, when I was covering the E3 stuff and I was looking through booths, independent developers, and yes, not all of them are great, but the indie, the indie devel developers had better virtual booths than AAA guys. The indie devs reached out to me. AAA guys, not at all. Nothing. Yeah. The, if you want your questions answered, you get them answered from indie devs. You want some a great experience, you get that experience. You want to share some words, have a little conversation with indie devs, not a problem. You guys had a couple of indie devs on this show. You would never get that from any of these AAA companies unless you had like a crazy-ass following, unless you were able to pull a level of influence. These devs put so much into it that I'm honestly surprised that Sony doesn't start handing them over checks. I'm surprised that Sony doesn't give them like better pathways to communicate because imagine having half these indie indie games on PlayStation exclusive consoles. That'd be amazing for them. We had Xbox just do this whole thing where you can what download like what was it like 40 games or something like that? The demos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah demos. Like I was able to play Tunic for a little while. It was cute and adorable and ridiculously hard. <laughs> um, so <Zelda>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a deceiving little fox. Uh, <laughs> but like you like not engaging your indie devs, the people who are the low-laying lifeblood of your of your community. Yeah. Who could one day be those AAA devs? Exactly. Well, like that that's where it all starts. It all starts yeah. under the AAA stuff. Especially with like the more AAA games come out with issues. How many times how many times did Ratchet and Clank crash on you? Told half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it broke my PS5. Like my PS5 almost died from um yeah, I don't want to get into it. It, it crashed and we Three didn't times. hear about it that, that much. That's the oh, crazy part. I'm not dude, trying to think it's off topic, but it's really weird. Nobody was talking no. about the crashes in Ratchet. Yeah, it Clank. killed me. It, it yeah. actually made it so my dual sense didn't work. Ooh. Like, that's how weird the crash got. <laughs> I had to manually reboot and do the whole rebuild. And then when it finally did all that, my dual sense wouldn't work. It wouldn't connect at all. Even plugged in. Plugged it in, still wouldn't work. So, yeah, anyway, that's a whole yeah. other topic. <laughs> so, why not fuel that indie team? Like, in, in a lot of professions, no matter where you are, you're going to have to pass the torch one day. Yeah. When you have no one to pass it to, what's going to happen to your company? Yeah, yeah it's fair. It's yeah. fair. It does seem very, very strange. And uh, yeah, uh, Beast Mode, uh, another good point here, man. Uh, strange part is Chris Charla. So if you don't know Chris Charla, he is head of ID at Xbox. A uh, huge, outspoken guy for supporting indie developers was on the Xbox Live Arcade team. They lost their way during the Don Matrick years. Exact exact point, right? Leadership matters. I, um, I worked for Microsoft during that time too. Oh, it was and, huge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like it was it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. When the Xbox One came out and like everything changed, it, it was like I had to talk to customers about like because they were like, why would I not Oh you said you worked. I worked for Microsoft. Oh I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah I misheard yeah. I worked for Microsoft and I had to deal with customers going like I'll just buy a PlayStation. Why would I not get a PlayStation 4 right now? Like it has everything I want. 
And I'm yeah. like, uh, oops. <laughs> and, 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 in, and people may forget, but Indies played a big role in that at the launch of these consoles. Indies and the were a boon to PS4 in those first 18 to 24 months, big time. Yeah. Uh, Rezogun, funny enough, being one of them from Housemark. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, again, perfect example, right? <laughs> it's exactly what you're speaking to. Small game, $20 game, if I'm, I'm going off of memory, I could be wrong. Um, but small studio at the time, less than 20 people. Now look at them, right? 100-person studio making Returnal, celebrated game this year, and continuing to grow, and now acquired as a first-party studio. Correct. Yep. Exactly. And it, it, it's kind of interesting. You'd like to see when this started to change, because like we were just talking about, the PS4 era, you know, they were known as the indie-friendly machine because Microsoft had lost their way, right? Xbox was no longer doing it. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see when devs started noti noticing this change, how long ago um, they started having these issues with the support teams over at Sony. And if it was part of another cost, you know, saving move internally that nobody really realized, uh, or if this was a gradual shift that happened, um, you know, just to piggyback off what Steve was saying is talking about how important indie devs are going to be and what that, you know, what they mean right now, indie devs with the technology that's coming out and, you know, we've seen it already with a little bit with unreal engine five, but as this technology get, becomes more and more accessible and easier to work with, uh, which that's what everybody's doing right now. Unreal engines five, uh, I talked to three bit, obviously, uh, my other brother from another, he's actually yeah. a dev and he's already working with unreal engine five. Yeah. Um, and he can't believe how much easier, how, how many things that they've consolidated within That's there awesome. that used to take process after process. And now it's all just rolled in there. So as this opens up, as cloud development opens up, which Phil's been talking about, you're going to see these independent developers put out AAA quality games. We're starting to see it now. Just think about towards the end of this generation, what it's going to be like. So the AAA developer time you know, and all the money that goes into them might be replaced in a lot of ways by smaller independent teams who can work together and put out these great games. We're seeing it in the ascent. We saw, you know, we, we still don't have the game, but Bright Memory Infinite at parts of it looks like a AAA produced game. And that was made basically by one guy. I know he's got a few other guys working with him, yeah. but we're going to see this, especially in other parts of the world. Uh, where they start opening up the Koreas, the Chinas, as yeah. they get into the development, these Indies developers, these small teams start making a name for themselves. We're going to see some surprising AAA kind of quality Black Myth Wukong. It's, it's I mean, exactly it why, to your point, Bonds, is that yeah. not to interrupt you? I'm sorry, no, but no, it's exactly why we got Hades, right? Supergiant right. Games slowly, exactly. slowly transitioned from Bastion to Transistor. And right. again, it's just that growth, that organic growth, where they then create something that literally gets the attention of the whole industry. Correct. And that's what's going to be so important to give these independent developers even moving forward, even more so than even right today. It's going to be important to have yourself open, accessible to these indie devs because the next big thing, chances are it's probably going to come from an indie dev, right? Yeah. And th that's going to be the way it kind of rolls from here on out. Yeah, we're going to have our mainstay established IPs, but the next big, big thing like your fall guys or, you know, you're, you're uh, among us uh, is going to come from an indie and there's a real big chance. The next big triple a looking game is going to come from a small team out there somewhere that we're not even aware of. Just look at stalker too. That's not a huge team. Yeah. They have experience, but it's not a huge team. Right. And Hell, they Hellblade was the same way. People forget Hellblade exactly. was made by like 14 people. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Sham just said, look how big PUBG got. I know he's a big I, PUBG. My PUBG brother, Sham. I hear you. 
Um, but you're right. I mean, that game originally was nothing but a mod. Um, right. It just goes to mm-hmm. show you the potential of these things. So, Dan, you got anything to add here? I know we've kind of been on it already, but I mean, isn't Shu? Wasn't he in charge of the indie stuff? He is in charge. Yeah, of I, indie always, I always kind of thought he was, you know, on top of the stick here. You know, with that being said, again, I mean, I, I, I'm in that place where it's just like, yeah, this is kind of shitty, but also I understand to a certain extent, you know, I mean, I, I can't just call Fox four news in Kansas city and be like, Hey, I'm a small business. Could you run this ad? Well, it's going to cost you this much. Well, fuck you. That's what I'm telling you right now. I mean, that's basically what, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand that. Like you've got to pay a little bit, maybe that's just Sony's way, I guess, you know, I yeah, the, the, the comment the dev said is uh, even getting if if I have this wrong, someone correct me, but I think one of them said that just applying to get the game in front of people is twenty five thousand. That's insane to me. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, insane. that's that's the point yeah. they're making. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that, you know, that's a lot of money for anybody, though. I mean, I, I I get that. That's it is what it is. You know, I mean, yeah, you're 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 gonna try to push, you know, as a business, I guess you're gonna try to push the biggest thing. You know, but it's the same people that get mad about having to pay ten extra fucking dollars for a, a PS5 upgrade. <laughs> you know, but you know, oh, but we gotta stand with these devs. But fuck you, dev, for having to pay ten extra dollars. You know, I mean, I don't understand. You know, pick pick a side and just you know, or stick with it, or just don't pick a side and just be the same. You know, I just it drives me crazy. <laughs> you know, it's the same crap. You gonna you know, be okay over there? I'm fiery today. Most I know, and you're not making sense half the time. But I'm well, like, that, that makes total sense. If you're going to sit here and not pay, <laughs> if you don't want to pay and yell at you know this developer because you're paying extra money, you know, and you automatically go to Sony. I mean, this is you know sucker punch, right? You know, and you're like, oh, why do I have to pay this extra money for this extra content? You know, you're garbage. And then come back and be like, these devs are are getting treated like shit. You know, they're they have to pay all this money. Well, yeah, no shit. So, I mean, somewhere in the middle, there's a spot where everybody's happy, right? I don't know where that is. It's probably not going to happen in my lifetime, you know. <laughs> but, you know, again, I don't know. I'm sorry. You know, it's just one of those things where. I think, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think there's nuance there between those two things. <laughs> there's a you're, ton. You're, you're talking about a, you're talking about a first, sure. you're talking about a first party. Yes, you know, billion dollar <laughs> right. studio sure. versus sure. A okay. Let's say husband and wife, says that, right? you know, who are trying to launch their first game. Well, that's fine. I mean, I mean, is it Sony's responsibility? Yes, yes, How? yes. Of course, it is. Games on their platform. It's their platform, right? But what do they have to? I mean, why <laughs> do they care? If a game, why does s- Sony care if indie? Here, we here, just here's, covered here's that for ten minutes. <laughs> Wait a second. Why? Why? Here's the thing. If they want the extra money, right? You know, they want this is this is gonna. I'm gonna. You have to pay twenty five thousand dollars to get your to get the whole thing started, right? Then you have to pay another fifty thousand to do this. Then you got to do this, this, and this. Like what I'm saying is, you know, why do I care what they're doing? Is basically what it's coming down to. Because it's gonna. Well, again, you're going back to you, right? We're talking platform. Yes. It's obviously impacting smaller developers on the sure. platform, sure. which in the long run, as we just talked through, right, can have a big impact for your platform. So right. as PlayStation as a platform, they should be concerned. That's do you, that's do you it. Think, do you think that Sony knows where they make most of their money? Do you think oh, that maybe they, they, maybe they, they, they see the numbers and go, well, you know, we're not really making that much off of these smaller games, 
you know, maybe they're not selling. Well, I don't know what they're selling. Chicken but everybody. But, but what the, the point? You, the point that the that point misses when you look at it that way, right? Is again, when you you have to look at the bottom line. We know they're doing that. We talk about all that. They are. Yeah. Every every company, obvious. I mean, that's the most obvious statement there is, right? Of course, they know their bottom line. But you're missing the point that if there are, they're not supporting the developers that are trying to put content on their platform that are putting content on all platforms. Mm -hmm. And now though, eventually, again, it's the cuts thing. You're going to mm -hmm. run those developers away. And then what do you do when Hades, right? Or a, mm -hmm. a company like Supergiant or, or the next Supergiant, we'll say, creates the next Hades that could have been on your platform, well, but now they said, F you, you don't care yeah, about us. So we're going to be on Xbox. You know, that's what I say to Sony. I say, you, you messed up. That's what I tell them. That's, you know, you that's all we're talking about. That's, what, yeah. that's literally that's what we're saying. Yeah, how did, but, yeah, how but did I, we I accidentally get to the same conclusion? We did get to the same conclusion. <laughs> in a whole different path. <laughs> you know, that's, what I, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, like it, it doesn't matter, Dude. you know. You just took the map quest ways of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I took ways. Like, I took ways. <laughs> no, it, 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 but that's the thing. You know, I mean, it, it, but why are we so concerned about this kind of thing? Again, is what I'm again, I, don't think, I don't think we personally are. <laughs> it's just a discussion. I, I, I it's a be, fun discussion. Though, I mean, it's. I've been laughing for like five minutes. That's because I'm providing you the the outlet. Here's the thing, you know what? Indie developers, you got to do this on Sony, and then you want to come out and call them out. Go ahead and do it. I mean, that's your prerogative. You can do whatever you want. Sony can do whatever they want. Xbox can do whatever they want. I don't care about any of them. It's just one of those things where it's just like, I, I think this this is something that people get far more upset about, you know, for a very short period of time because next week something else will happen. And everybody will forget about and it. We'll be back here talking about it. So that's yeah, a great so part. We're talking about the next thing where Sony <laughs> makes you come inside their, you know, in, in, into their into their offices and they berate you verbally, you know, and that's what happened. Their Xbox comes to your house and slaps your wife know, across right, the face. Yeah. You know, that's Aids. what I'm saying. Aids, Aids, you've been doing this all here, but careful. I'm just I'm Aids, off. I'm Aids, you've been doing this all wrong. You don't have to have a big cash show. You can just show up and say, yeah, I don't care. You're literally and a nice a weekly no podcast, It's this almost like every crazy. week we're gonna discuss the things that have happened. <laughs> I, need, I need I need some kind of better medication because this is fantastic. <laughs> No, it's it's just it just blows my mind that we you know I I just hate seeing this stuff. But, but I, I, don't, I like I said I don't care about the devs. I've said that a hundred times in the past. I've never really cared about those people. But you know, if if you want me to be upset, no, 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 that's it. I think that's the problem. I think you're looking at it as people are personally upset that this is happening. Right. I don't think any of us are saying that. We're just talking about the situation for the developers as a platform. Yeah, don't care. that's it. It's not personal. You sure? I mean, for I feel, me, I feel like it's no, no, no. <laughs> but so you feel like, like again, you're you're assuming people are taking this personally. Hmm. I must have a different Twitter. But than you but guys. again, I tell you this all the time. Who cares about the idiots? That's the thing. That's who why cares? I'm trying to get off the the platform. But I mean, by doing this and and, and bringing this stuff up, I think it just accentuates. I mean, it just is what it is. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I got to the same place you guys did. <laughs> We're good. 
Let's that was a journey. Kojima. That was a journey. That was actually the best part of the show so far. I laughed my head off. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, really really good medication. I've got it right here. I'm going to not take another the, uh, one. Uh, I'll write the prescription for you. Oh, it's so worth it. Up the dosage. Yeah. So we've had a bunch of comments while we've been rambling about this. So Beast Mode has an interesting one here. The Super Giant story, by the way, is Deep Links to Xbox Live Arcade and XNA, which I haven't heard XNA in a long time, man. Thanks for bringing that up. Code base. They modified the code base to create a custom engine for Bastion and so on. And Bastion was another. Xbox Live Arcade Toto, you're exactly right. Thank you for that. Um, Tainted Brain, what's up, man? Wasn't Microsoft charging too? Yeah, yes. so we don't know all the details, but that was part of the problem leaving that 360 generation into Xbox One we talked about is at one point, if I recall correctly, uh, Xbox was charging even for patches. So just to update your game, you had to spend money, which is kind of crazy, right? And I know yeah. that that's changed a lot over the past several yes. years. Obviously, I don't have all the actual details. No, and there was a smaller dev that tied into that thread because somebody said, because the Kotaku article actually stated that, well, we've we've heard that Microsoft and Nintendo both have similar um, requirements for their indie devs. And another uh, smaller dev jumped in and said, Nope, didn't happen at all. He goes, I'm a small developer. They didn't ask me for any kind of money, nothing. We didn't mm. even talk about that. They gave me all the support I needed. So, you know, again, conflicting stories, but it is what it is. So. Yeah. yeah. The only um, evidence I can point to is that the fact is that we have a goddamn calculator on the Switch. And <laughs> someone's going to pay $25,000 to throw a calculator on the Switch. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. Yes. Although, did you see when the calculator came out? Wasn't it on like the 10 best selling list for like. Of course. Of course. It was it's like, Nintendo. It's Nintendo. Anything that goes on there, you want to make money, just throw it on Nintendo. Oh, my Sorry, God. God. Everybody will buy it. Oh, man. We had a couple super chats along the way. Brav, what's up, Enrique? Good to see you, brother. PC Master Race. I always tell you to get out of here with that. Um, <laughs> smash the like button. Thanks, man. Good to see you. Um, another one from Kev. Uh, $2. Thanks, Kev. Please put this towards Dan's rehabilitation <laughs> fund. <laughs> it's going to take far more than that. <laughs> I don't know if $2 is going to do I've, it. I've but... crossed the point of no return. So <laughs> we're, we're setting good. up a Patreon and a GoFundMe. Yeah. Uh, Oh, nope. man. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> lady in the house. What's going on, lady? Good to see you. All right. Jesus Christ, we've spent more time on these couple <laughs> topics than I expended to. We're like uh, we're like a fifth of the way through our topic. Yeah, right? We're an hour and 15 minutes in. Everything else is pretty fast. All right. Let's go to the Let's, Dan route. I don't care. Next topic. Let's go. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's move over to Xbox. Uh, a couple of interesting things here. So we've heard these rumblings about Kojima working with Xbox. We saw everyone saw Phil's shelf, you know, a couple months ago with uh, Ludens. I think the name of Kojima's production's mascot is right, right. Uh, standing there, and as the speculation immediately started. So uh, according to Grub and, and others, and this seems to be verified now, Kojima did sign a letter of intent to work with Xbox this week. Um, from a legal perspective, if you're not familiar, obviously that, you know, people were like, oh, it's a done deal. This is a contractual. No, that's not what a letter of intent is. I saw Hogue Law jumped in as he always does and kind of corrected <laughs> people right away. Um, but what it does, it does mean, right? It's, it does signify they are working towards yeah. something bigger. Um, so this is really interesting because it kind of aligns with, there's been some interesting comments here around um, kind of cloud-based uh, capabilities. And, and we talked to, I don't know if we talked on this show a week or so around people are like, well, what does, you know, being on the cloud differ from say 
just being on a console and having Xbox Live or the network connected. And the two things I pointed to immediately, and I don't want to stay super deep on this, two things I pointed to immediately were uh, global connectivity is improved if, if you're you know thinking about just the overall infrastructure globally. But the other thing you do is it, is it increases compute power. So when you think about a console's native power, right, if you can be in the cloud natively and draw from what would be the equivalent of multiple, several tens of consoles power, you can accomplish greater tasks. That's why Azure is what it is. And, you know, AWS for Amazon is what it is. So we don't really know what this is. You know, Kojima got on, what was it, uh, Summer Game Fest and talked for five minutes and he said creative about 50 times. Um, so typical Kojima. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, obviously he's working on his next thing, whatever this is. Uh, if it's with Xbox, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, it's Kojima is also really interesting to me because he's a huge industry presence, right? Like his right. name alone uh, just drives traffic uh, and interest. But... When you looked at like Death Stranding, which was his first big game post the whole Konami debacle, right? The sales, they didn't meet sales targets. So what I really find interesting here is, you know, we're going to hear a lot about Kojima Xbox. There's going to be a whole lot of, you know, Xbox PlayStation nonsense that, Dan, I'm not going to get you started again. Uh, <laughs> because I, I'm completely with you. Like, I'm we should be looking down. at this separately. And we've ranted about Kojima enough in the past as well. Me, mm. a lot. So, but I'm just curious to see what this is because I think people assume that this is going to be some big blockbuster thing, but we didn't see that out of Death Stranding. It wasn't that for PlayStation. You know, it was a lot of talk of Kojima. That's where his game is. Sales didn't didn't come through. So we'll see. Uh, I think this is interesting, if nothing else. Um, you guys got any thoughts here? Colt, what's up, man, lady? Try to see anyone else who joined. Colt, thanks for stopping by, brother. And Sark's in the house as well. Sark, good to see you, man. What do you guys think about this, man? Do you think this is going to be something kind of bizarre and off the wall and he's signing what? with Xbox so he can just do whatever the hell he wants? I don't, I don't think Kojima knows how to play it safe or vanilla. I don't think he can make a, a simple game. Mm -hmm. I think if, if there's a game that Kojima makes and it's all about pushing a box from one end of the, of the screen to the other end, there's going to be some crazy-ass implications or something that happens. If it's cloud-based and you have xCloud on your mobile devices... I can guarantee that he's going to use that somehow. This guy's crazy. Remember the whole thing about Death Stranding was trying to bridge the country together. What happens uh -huh. if he's actually going to literally try that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like there's he's he's thinking outside the box. He he is like he he's a, he's a mad scientist. He's always That's thinking true. about the weirdest thing to do. Like to develop, to make, like, whatever we expect from him is not going to be what we get. <laughs> and he's proved that so many times. And like, he, to your point, he has talked about wanting um, kind of a game to stay connected at all times, right? right. Yeah. To your phone, to, yes. you know, so that it could probably be a simultaneous app where you're doing something on your phone or doing something on the web and then going back to the core game and, who knows what that looks like, but this would definitely give him the infrastructure to be able to pull that off. Yeah, and, that, and that's something that Sony can't give him. Microsoft can. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, like, I, and I you think can be I, damn well sure they've they've made that point to him, right? I'm sure they've been trying to groom him for that conversation for a while. 
Oh, oh, once they handed over the other documents that Sony signed saying that they're going to use Azure servers for some of their multi-platform <laughs> games. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Kojima just went, I might as well just not beat around the bush. I might as well just go straight to the, the guy who's offering it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, he can't do a flight sim. Because Lee, Lee said, "I want to see a Kojima Mario game." <laughs> 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 oh my god! At least it'd be something interesting and new. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it, would, it would. It would definitely be something. Mm. Yeah, whatever, man. I mean, this is one of those things where it's like Kojima. We we've talked about him enough. He's pretentious. He is an egotistic, evil maniac. Whatever the game is, it will be written, directed, produced, edited, uh, <laughs> everything by Kojima. Uh, it might be called Kojima. You know, that's Kojima that. Simulator. When we hit that point, we're done. Like, yeah. Kiss your ass goodbye, <laughs> and you know, say goodbye to all your loved ones because the world is going to end, and that's it. Kojima, the game. That's where we're going to get to, and you know, at that point, see you later. You know? I, I, so we're going to get there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just I wouldn't be surprised in like in 30 years Kojima turns out to never existed in the first place. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. just like a neural network the entire he, time. He will upload himself at that point, right? Yeah. So he will probably don't give him ideas. That's probably what he's already doing in this code. <laughs> oh, Kojima, Kojima's one of those guys you have to I could talk Kojima all day, and I'm not even the biggest Kojima fan, but you can just talk about him because what he brings to the table, you can debate all day long, right? But at the end of the day, whatever this is, and I believe it's going to be some kind of perpetual, you yeah. know, horror type world that connects people all over the, the the actual globe in some way through the cloud, or that's what he's going to attempt to do. That's going to be one of his main goals is to create something where there's interaction amongst people and whether it becomes episodic or whatever the case may be, I just believe that he really wants to try to touch as many people as possible. And I think this aligns perfectly with Xbox and what they're trying to do because you got a name like Kojima, uh, you know, along with your cloud uh, that you're pushing and that Phil is already talking about this cloud development and all this kind of stuff, which they've been doing for a long time. We, you know, we've seen a little bit of it in, you know, Sea of Thieves with the ocean being all one and, and we see it in Flight Simulator and all that kind of stuff. But think about a name of Kojima attached to it with a game that actually uses uh, the cloud in a, you know, outside the box kind of way. I agree with Steve wholeheartedly. He's probably thought of stuff that none of us have. Uh, you that know, already percent for sure. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so, so to have his name attached to something, you know, my, you know, Xbox can take this risk. Again, it goes back to you know, Microsoft doesn't care. They can take this risk. He's worth the. He's worth it from the standpoint just the notoriety and the attention that he brings to your platform. And he is going to draw some people into the ecosystem. But what happens if he does create some crazy? horror game that connects people all over the world and becomes a phenomenon, right? Think about the mobile market that Phil and everybody's talked about hitting for 3 billion people. If you can connect to this game somehow easily through the mobile people and people are out just walking about or at work and they can somehow interact with the game and it's not that big a deal, but it becomes a phenomenon and everybody wants to connect. Well, guess what? You just introduced everybody to, to xCloud and to Game Pass into your ecosystem like this. Yeah, and that's, the, that's what you do. I mean, that, you got to take those kind of leaps of faith sometimes with somebody like Kojima at the end of the day. If it fails, it fails. But you're going to get a lot of attention in the process no matter what. Yeah. So, no, I think yeah. that's a very fair point. Um, and you're right. It does tie to exactly that. So uh, it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see what he makes, man. I, I've never, you know, I've preached way too many times on this about I, I, I don't care for his games that much. I, you know, I, 
um, I always said he would be best as a either movie director or a horror game director. So I, I really do hope he's making a horror game because then at least you can excuse the craziness in some form. <laughs> what if um, the current world situation is the horror? And that's why he was talking about with yeah. Keeley so much what about the world, what's going here? on. Like, that's that's what it is. Like, we are in a horror game. We're going game off right the rails because we're trying to imagine what he's doing, and it just right. leads you astray. I mean, he, if, if this is his play and he wants to do this cloud gaming crap, and you, know, you just get to that point where everybody's connected and stuff. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's what he was trying to do with PlayStation, with Death Stranding, with um, the connections that they yes. were making, right? So you've got a good base. Now you're adding an infrastructure. That is one of the best in the world. You could pull it off. the The key is is that integration between your your console play, I think, and then potentially your mobile phone. It's because be meaningful, it, right. right? Because we've seen it so, tried so many times yes. with different yep. games, and it just is like, yeah, that was nice, you know, for about two seconds. And you remember smart glass? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just shit like that. Like if we can get away and actually do something cool with it i'm all for it man yeah it's, unless you know, it's a horror did, game and then i'm out well, <laughs> well, then, really well. on everything you know it did really well pokemon go right and that game right. has rippled through the industry right humongous you know that game made uh i looked that up recently and people like pokemon go that's still a thing it made something like four billion dollars last year like mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's absurd how big that game still is <laughs> yep. um and it's i funny. use the word game lightly <laughs> Funny, uh, funny thing about Kojima. Just uh, <laughs> so funny thing about Kojima. For all of us older people, you guys remember Snatcher? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you have you heard the story about his original idea that he had for Snatcher? No. Okay. One of the ideas he wanted to do was put a secret message inscribed on the floppy disk that would only show up as it heated up while you were playing the game, and it would smell like fresh blood. <laughs> he was gonna, I'm not joking. <laughs> this is how far he's been out there for a long time. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, dude! No, we, these these comments, man. Three bit. We are Kojima. Kojima <laughs> yeah. equals Skynet. Kojima, the game where you play as Kojima. That don't tempt him because that yeah. that's probably coming. Yeah, it's gonna be so fucking. It's gonna be like Kojima. You're developing the game that you're playing is what is going to be happening and it's going to be <laughs> it's just going to be an endless loop and then your phone will ring like randomly like what the hell is that? And it's going to be kojima calling you or conan just, o'brien or remember, Norman Reed just, give you his remember the movie being john malkovich it's going yeah. to be yeah. Yeah. kojima yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have a willy wonka ending where it's like the one person that succeeds yeah right <laughs> you get the keys to kojima it's like uh what do you, you know uh ready player one um, mm. And Chet finally says, please don't let Kojima touch me. That boy are in the man. house with the super chat, five uh, pound super chat, Kojima version of Spartacus. Everyone stands up. I'm Kojima. No, I'm Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for the support, Fat Boy. Appreciate mm. it, brother. Um, one other thing, uh, real quick, I was going to add, which I forgot, is we we talked about, you know, thinking of that, right? Everyone being connected and, and the, him swinging for the fences in this ideology. Um the other thing that Xbox gives you, and I know we talk about this all the time, but it's worth repeating in this case is Game Pass automatically gives you millions and millions and millions and millions of people, especially if this game's like three years away. Who knows when it's going to come out? Yeah. Um, you're going to put it in front of 40, 50, however million people right away. You don't have to worry about selling the game per se, 
right? So, um, yeah. Well, that's God. the thing, yeah, because he doesn't care. I mean, he probably doesn't give crap about like actual sales, sales. Like, no, you he know, just wants just, to create. Yes, right. he just wants to create, and he wants people to like him a lot. <laughs> yes, you know, that is, he is such <laughs> a you want him to recognize that he I mean, created yeah, it. Like, look at what I did. Yes, I don't care. Just acknowledge me and acknowledge my greatness, and yeah. and that's all he'll care about. I mean, it's the perfect, uh, like you know, delivery system for for Kojima. So you're right. It's just, it's just crazy to me, man. You're right. It's going to be fun to watch. I think we can all agree mm -hmm. that no matter what happens, as as this you know, as development happens, we start to see it, hear about it, and eventually, whatever the hell it ends up being, it's going to be fun to watch. So, mm. <laughs> all right, man. We, speaking of horror, we got a couple things to, to talk about on the horror front. So, first off, Dead Space. Dead Space, uh, you know, the rumor started week two, three ago. Um, we didn't really touch on it too much, but they've kind of formed up now. Multiple people, you know, kind of hearing the same thing, that this is coming. We may hear of this on July 22nd during EA Play, and that this is going to be a full remake of the original Dead Space in the vein what they're targeting is like Resident Evil 2, um, so that it's a complete overhaul while also kind of refining some of the core mechanics and maybe some of the things that may be dated gameplay wise, et cetera. So I don't know about you guys. Um, this has me extremely excited. Uh, Dead Space is an incredible one and two in particular. I know three is kind of different. Um, one and two are absolutely incredible survival, survival horror games. Um, the mechanics are unique. The setting is unique. Uh, Isaac was kind of a cool character, not super well developed, but you know, the story behind it and everything was really well done. Um, so I, I just can't, I, I hope that what we're hearing here is true and that we get to hear about this pretty soon um, because this could be incredible, especially thinking of the environments, right? That the mining facility and kind of that, that alien-ish uh, uh, environment where, uh, God damn, struggling here guys like where you know the um housing and all the stores you know we saw in dead space 2 where all the people lived and everything imagining that on uh you know kind of these new consoles and upper end pcs uh what they could do there is just could be stunning yes yeah this is the last horror game i bought so did you finish it yes this is the only one i nice. played this is nice. the first one last one i played that was it i was done i would 100 percent go back and play this one again you never played two no, two. Play two. If you play two. if you were able to get through one, yeah, yeah, play two. It's I think amazing. I think there was just such a gap, and somewhere in between that gap, I became a big pussy. So, <laughs> so that, that that's basically what happened, and so I never got into it. It looked amazing. I'm super excited. Do we know who's doing this? Aside from we don't EA. know. Okay. No, we don't know anything right now. Yeah, I mean, just do it like I mean, Resident Evil Two was a great remake. You know, I mean, it was, yeah. they did a really good job with it. So, I mean, if it's something like that, where you know, and next gen, I mean, everything about it just is sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, I I I'd love them to do the rest of them because then maybe I could actually get into it, and you know, this will be first my thing I said is it, game. I hope this is true and it, right. it delivers and is as good as we expect it to be. And obviously, expectations will be high. Mm -hmm. um because then i hope it sells well and they do too because personally as much as i like one and it's kind of more survival horror than the second one i thought the second one was a better overall game mm -hmm. um so yeah i would love to see both of them but gotcha. you, you guys on the same boat yeah 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I, if they take the if they take the Resident Evil route and that they're going to do that, I, I was going to be happy if they just took the Mass Effect route and just took all three. Right. And just, you know, brought them up to date a little bit. I was going to be happy with that. But if they're actually going to go back and do, you know, kind of a full rework, uh, as long as they're going to follow in the footsteps of the Resident Evil, I'm all about it, man. Like you said, th- just some of the environments and what they could do. Uh, with the tech nowadays, and if they kind of rework some of the mechanics that haven't aged as well, um, you know, much like Mass Effect, uh, definitely. I mean, I'm all about it. Like Dan, as I get older, I I, I like horror games less and less, and there's some I can't play. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> you know, uh, Resident Evil, uh, you know, seven I could not do. Um, I made it 15 minutes, and I'm like, nope, I'm out. Uh, you know, Resident Evil Village played the demo, and I actually got through it, so I'm planning on picking it up. But I. Dead Space for me, you give me sci-fi weapons, uh, I can handle some jump scares um, as long as it's not, you know, alien isolation where I have to hide all the time. If I can battle some monsters, I'm good. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Lucas, uh, I think we kind of all echo this. What's going on, Lucas? Thanks for coming out, brother. Uh, Some aspects of one gameplay were great. The heaviness of Isaac and those punches and stomps had some kick behind them. I'm scared they will modernize it too much. Always a concern, right, when they remake a classic is how they... Fine balance. Yeah, yeah, you got to... It is. It is a fine (laughs) balance. And I forgot, Beast Mode, thank you very much because I forgot the rumor. Oops. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll click right here. Uh, The rumor was is that EA Motive uh, is going to be put behind this. So Motive, uh, going off of memory here, but I believe Motive did the campaign for Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, which actually was pretty good for what it was. It wasn't super long or anything, but it was actually pretty Excellent. well done. Yep. And they did Star Wars Squadrons, did they not? Yes, I, they did I do Scar- yes. Star Wars Squadrons, yes. Yeah, okay. So that's that's their recent history. Um, again, pretty solid development. Definitely not anything bad, per se. So no. we'll see. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Respawn was involved in this. Because Respawn oh. has a very big pedigree when it comes to single-player games and staying true to core concepts i know they got uh jedi fallen order 2 in the mix right now yep. but that doesn't mean they can't be doing Some pre-production at least something titanfall related That's i would love some i would love something titanfall but apex legends is is too big and that's that's why i believe it might be respawn because apex is killing it yeah in in the multiplayer area especially now that they did the arenas mode uh making it making this big game into a more personalized experience to combat stuff like call of duty so I would not be surprised if, if 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 it wasn't all of Respawn, at least key members of Respawn going over to Motive to at least be like, we need to keep it this way. That'd be nice. And, and help. I mean, we know Respawn, when it comes to pure gameplay mechanics, Respawn is near top tier. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just the feel of their games and how they make them play are incredible. Um, they always crush that. So yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting for sure. Nick said, what's up next? He said, my jump scare moment was seeing Jeff Keighley in Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's too funny. Uh, the Keighley did, did you see how Jeff, how excited he was? He was like a kid at Christmas talking about him being in Kojima's game, man. Of course. Yeah. God, Come on. That, you, you need to find someone who looks at you like Keighley looks, looks at like Kojima. Kojima. Correct. Like if you Correct. find that in your life, hold yes. on to it dearly. Correct. Never let that go because that love is, you know, unchallenged. That's why the uh, Kojima announcement at the VGAs is going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be yeah. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> going to be interesting. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh man, 
So sticking on the um, the horror train for a second here, we also got uh, some what I believe I'm very excited about news as well is Bloober team yeah. uh, agreeing to a formal uh, kind of strategic partnership with Konami. Now, they didn't obviously say the specifics, but all the writing is on the wall here that Bloober team is uh, uh, apparently making Silent Hill and bringing Silent Hill back. So Silent Hill, uh, I kind of joked about this the other day. While people like myself who love horror games have this really fond fond memory of silent hill if you actually take a step back and look at the series uh there's been a lot of crappy games <laughs> yeah it's not yeah it's, it's not really a series that has produced like these masterpieces um i said what it is is silent hill the original was basically uh not revolutionary but it was new and unique and different Correct. um and if you don't remember one of the always funny things about silent hill one was the fog in the city and that was literally put in because of a limitation yep. on the playstation one hardware <laughs> uh and it became this you know thing that's synonymous hill with silent hill yes. yeah it just yeah. happened to work out as a perfect yeah. game mechanic right yep. um but silent hill 2 silent hill 2 is the one that is uh definitely up there on some of the best uh horror games ever made i think it's definitely top five um, just an absolutely incredible, incredible game. So uh, Bloober Team, I've been a big proponent of. Their games have been a little janky at times. They've been a little unpolished. All of that is true. Um, but again, slightly smaller team, slightly smaller budget. And as they've grown, which would seems to be the, the topic this week, as they've grown, they've gotten bigger and kind of better. Um, so if you've played through games like All the Way, like Blair Witch or The Medium or um, what else did they do? They did uh, Absolver, right? Not Absolver, um, Observer. Observer. Excuse me. Yeah. So they're they're very psychological uh, horror. They play into specific themes per game. They're very, very good about setting up uh, scenes and kind of traumatic things that mess with your head. Mm -hmm. um, they're not really into that kind of uh, jump scare mode. They have some, but that's not what they specialize in. They specialize more in setting up horror and really providing tension. And that could just be perfect. For Silent Hill. Yeah. So if if they have this IP, I don't know who's backing them. If anyone, obviously, I don't care if it's Xbox, PlayStation, Stadia, Luna. I don't care where it is. I'm going to play it. Um, I just hope that they have the support and the funding they need to make this, you know, the best it can be. Because Silent Hill is a special IP, and Bloober can really uh, do something, <clears throat> do something good here. Yeah, yeah. I just want the madness to end. Blanami. <laughs> The madness. <laughs> I just want the madness to end. Can we just just announce Silent Hill already? Just do yeah. it. Just yeah, do because it. Just of the whole us. blue box game debacle too. Yeah. <laughs> can we just can we just come out? Someone come out and just say it. <laughs> but, but the worst part was two weeks ago when Konami comes out and says we've got some big Silent Hill stuff coming next week or something. Everyone's like, wait, what? And they released like skateboards and T-shirts. Like, yep. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. But you guys, so Dan, I know Silent Hill's not not no. in, in your ballpark. I, I get that. Yeah, literally nothing Bloober has done. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't blame so, you. Um, Pong, are you Silent Hill? You into these? I know we were just joking about hard yeah. games, and you're kind of pulling away from them over time. But 
psychological ones I can handle um, to a certain degree. I like the medium. So I play through the medium. I, I do like the medium. Uh, I like Bloober Team as a, a development house. I think they're an ascending studio. Every time out, they get a little better and better and better um, with everything. And obviously, the big concern is combat mechanics since they really don't do combat mechanics, but they have made some hires that seem to fill that role um, specifically. So if they're going to do the Silent Hill game, um, you know, I think that's obviously something that's going to be needed. Um, but I think that with some more backing, with some more resources, I think Bloober Team is one of those ascending studios that uh, I like the progression they've had. So I do have faith that they can pull off a Silent Hill game for sure. They've already got the atmosphere down pat right they talked about silent hill being one of their inspirations uh for the medium for sure and you could feel that right going back and looking at the older style silent hill which i did play because i wasn't a scaredy cat back then right <laughs> so i did play them back then and i really enjoyed them a lot um but the atmosphere matched up very well uh so i do have faith that they could do this with the right backing uh given the right amount of time obviously we don't know the scope or where they're going to take the franchise or what they're going to do with it or if they're going to spin off of something if they're going to have their own take on it you know it's going to be interesting to see how they do that uh but i think you know i've got all the faith in the world for bloober team i'm definitely looking forward to see what they come out with and then and once it comes out, I'll see if I can play it or not. So, you know, but but I still watch. I I love seeing teams uh, do this progression naturally, where they kind of just keep growing and 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 filling out their shoes even more and more as they go along. I think that's always a good sign, and I love uh, them being given this opportunity to take a, you know, cons you know, it, it, it's not the most popular franchise in the world, but everybody kind of knows about it. And yeah. even, even if they haven't played it before, because it is older um, and it obviously has significance to a lot of older gamers for sure that got to play the Silent Hill games. So I think taking a franchise like this and, and being able to work with one like this is, is definitely a great opportunity for Bloober. So yeah. I'm happy for him. 100%. Yeah. Lucas has a good point here. I think it's fair. I'm scared. The medium was pretty mediocre and made some very bad assumptions about mental health issues. I think they will not do the series justice. So yeah, we can see. Um, they definitely do push the boundaries there, um, and they did in Blair Witch as well, which I know you commented on. So uh, whether or not you agree with how they approach that is definitely, you know, one of those conversation points. But um, what else we got? Chris Jones in the house. What's up, Chris? Good to see you. Kima as well. Good to see you, brother. Um, eight, uh, three Bit says it's not going to be PT Kojima level good, but it'll be a great progression for the medium for sure if Bloober is involved. Yeah, that's... Um, it's definitely a PT something special. I still have it on my PS4 installed. Ooh, still worth a lot it. of money. Worth a lot of money. <laughs> it's sitting. Actually, I have it on two <laughs> PS4s installed, sitting wow. right over there on my shelf. I've seen them still go for over a thousand. So, are you serious? Yeah. I'm yeah, about to you can't download it anymore. PS4. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't ever delete them because yeah, they're worth money. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Faz, what's going on, Ange? Good to see you. <clears throat> All right. So uh, one. Kind of piece of news i didn't expect this week on the gaming front is uh uh remedy came out you know they're already making um the single player portion of crossfire x right um which is supposed to still come this year although we still haven't seen it um who knows if that'll happen but they came out this week and said they're going to make a multiplayer spin-off of control um now knowing remedy right i mean you know their games they're kind of out there a bit they're a little unique they're narrative driven um I was a little confused by this one. Now, if you think of the way, uh, what's the main character's name? I always forget her name. Control. 
Jesse. 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 Yeah. Okay. Jesse. So if you think about the way the abilities you get with her, right, and the way you can move and kind of shoot and everything, it's like, okay, I guess if you could turn that into some type of multiplayer component, but this, I don't know, for a game, for a studio like Remedy, um, and and again, Control, um, again, not being the biggest IP in the world. I know they talked about the sales of that as well. This seems like a kind of an interesting move for them. This is not where they usually specialize. Um, Dan, I know you've bought Control like 19 times to try and yes. help Remedy out. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any interest here in, in multiplayer Control and what that could look like? No. Uh, none <laughs> and whatsoever. move it on. Yeah, that's, that's it. I, you know, I mean, this seems like a, you know, trying to cash grab on an IP that, you know, is, while a great game, it just seems like, it's just kind of out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they'll probably sell 15 different versions. I'm guessing because five or five games is, you know, awesome, you know, and, and it, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't see why they would go this route when they've got, you know, I mean, well, remedy has a bunch of different IPs that could be working on, you know, why, you know, bring back quantum break, man. I mean, quantum breaks underrated on? or under, it's it's underrated. Under well, it's underappreciated. I agree. For yeah. sure. So, you know, you've also got, you can do a Max Payne again. You can come back to that. But they've you know, got Alan Wake coming too. Alan Wake is coming finally. Thank goodness. You know, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, you know, but this is, this seems more like an industry, you know, progression, you know, like this is where the industry is going. Like they need to have yeah. that multiplayer game in their pocket, you know, and probably add tons of microtransactions. And, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's that, that's what I feel like yeah. is coming with this one because control is very very specifically a single player game and like you said i don't know maybe it could work but you know we'll see i don't know it does it does feel like a decision driven by industry trends right yes um which is usually doesn't turn out well so (laughs) yeah you guys think uh, can they just finish one game, please? Uh, can we just get Crossfire <laughs> X, please? Can, oh, yeah, seriously, Remedy? Guys, you, you guys have enough problems getting a game out even close to on time. Can we just get you to focus on one and then move on to the next? How many more games are we going to get from these guys? No, you know what? I'm never going to dismiss uh, any game from any studio until I see what it's about and, and, and see it. Is it something that we are seeing plenty of right now? Absolutely. It's like everybody got together in the industry on one conference call and said, hey, everybody, we're going to get together. We're going to do a bunch of multiplayer co-op games. Everybody go, jump on board. Let's do this. So, yeah. um, you know, for me, uh, no, I like the control. I have to go back. I, I, I started playing control, but then the ultimate edition was coming. So I, I backed off, waited for the ultimate edition. I've got it downloaded. I just haven't gotten to it. I do like the um the world uh of control uh obviously i love alan wake from back in the day i can't wait to see what they do with that i am but i am so looking forward to crossfire x i just want to see them finish that game from what we saw from their single player uh that looked fantastic phenomenal i just want to see that come out and so i can play it and see how it goes but you know again i won't dismiss this game until i find out more about it um you know always interested to see what devs do with titles that are kind of outside of their norm um so like to see them kind of you know get out there and explore and see what they can come up with who knows maybe maybe it'll be a great game so i'm looking forward to it. but just finish one game remedy on time please please <laughs> Beast mode, Beast mode basically uh ask the same thing are they gonna release anything too many projects yeah, right exactly yeah. <laughs> oh man steve anything to add man 
Um, yeah, I mean, like you were saying, it, it, it's this is going to be a situation where are we even going to see this game succeed <laughs> in the first place? Like, is it no one's clamoring for these games anymore? Right. Like, Back for Blood was announced, and people were like, oh, it's Left for Dead devs. That's awesome. Um, Redfall was announced, and people were like, okay, I'm interested in it because that's a unique style. Okay. Yeah. But, not, like, is anyone clamoring for this? Was this something that when Control came out, people were like, oh, we need to add multiplayer to this. Right. No. Like, the game. <laughs> I don't is... even think it was a thought. Like, no. Yeah, no, they're no. just a single player studio. I, th- I thought the game was great as it was. You know, it's right. an interesting world. Uh, it, it's, it's very reminiscent of like the SCP uh, stories online, where it's all these like paranormal things. Oh, it's it's interesting. It's like all these little paranormal stories. It's like a big thing that's been around the internet for like years now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a little neat little deep dive, and it's like almost as and the, the whole thing is presented as if it's real, mm-hmm. as if it's like a real organization that explores these paranormal situations. And there is like a Steam game on it, although it's not really great. Um, but uh, it, it reminded me a lot about that. You know, you have all these different tools, these little things, but like, how are you supposed to get people involved when you start involving the multiplayer aspect? Because you can't focus on those things anymore then. Right. You know, like you, you can't take the elements that make control really good and personal and now apply that across multiple people simultaneously. That it doesn't work out that way. Um, it, I've I've seen it with Dark Alliance. It's it's not when you start spreading these concepts over and just make them really bland, just to get everyone instead of the the one singular person. You have issues when you start trying to to show off a narrative that is that makes sense and is interesting to everyone. Because that's the other thing. Now you're involving more people. Yeah, and you're going to charge for this. We know this. Five Hundred Five is going to charge people <laughs> for this. And when you have other games come out on Game Pass, and people going to play that and and have their experiences drawn from that, you're going to fade into that PlayStation era and show people like it's not worth spending money on. And that's the problem they have. I can't see this coming out. Um, the the image that they showed was like four different soldiers. So right there, I can assume there's going to be different classes. There could be different abilities. And I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as interesting as Control was. Yeah, I think it's going to be generic. I think it's going to be... And if it has the same inventory system as as Control, they're in trouble. Because that was and, an and awful... Map. And map. Yeah. They need a new map system, too. <laughs> yeah. Those were my biggest gripes with Control, was that the, the inventory system and the way they had the menus set up was just... And the and just moving or changing your your equipment was kind of a pain in the ass, um, just because like if you were in a situation, oh, I, I got to switch to this. Hold on, let me just pause this and move this around. And then the map was like like you said, Pong, it was awful. Yeah, was <laughs> so, yeah, I only played the game recently, and I was like, where the hell am I going? Like, <laughs> it's so bad. That in uh, Jedi Fallen Order actually like respawn yeah. I, for all their uh, yeah. you know talent. Hire someone who can make a mini map or a, a map, please. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not a new thing to video. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, I guess we'll see what comes of this. I I, I thought it 
like you guys, I thought it was kind of a weird announcement. I not something I expected from them, especially uh, as we discussed, right, with them having other projects in the work that are more than enough for a studio like that to focus on, because um, expectations for Alan Wake Two are going to be very high. Um, that's a you know you're bringing back a beloved IP that people have been clamoring for for years and years now. You got to be damn well sure that thing's going to hit on all the you know hit on all the points. Yeah. Um, for sure. Now they and just like, need to announce the remaster of Alan Wake 1, too. Add that to their plate because they're going to have to do that so the PlayStation fans can catch up, too. So, you know. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. I yeah. Thought about yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Man, I love that game. I love <laughs> yeah, that the game. game's amazing. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the only other thing I was going to touch on and guys, thanks for everyone tuning in. Um, if you haven't already, I, I, you know, I rarely say this, but please hit that like button and help us out. Last thing I was going to touch on, and really, there's not really any commentary to add here unless you want to, but Casey Hudson was in the news this week. Um, you know, so ex Bioware general manager, a founding member of the Mass Effect development team. Um, he came out this week and announced uh, that he's forming a new studio, uh, Humanoid Studios, uh, kind of an interesting name. Um, they didn't really say much. Their, their website is a single page with like eight people on it. Um, but obviously he has a lot of clout in the industry and a lot of contacts. And what he said is, you know, they're developing this with uh, obviously you know, everyone says this, of course, but when it comes from someone like Casey, you yeah. you probably believe it a little more that it's top tier talent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously can't wait to get started. So this is interesting, if nothing else. Uh, I still haven't forgiven him for our Anthem debacle, which we always <laughs> joke about here. Um, and remember that he did leave Bioware, then he came back and he's kind of been all over the place. So I, I don't know really what's going on there, but if nothing else, it is notable that someone like him is founding a new studio. And, uh, you know, we'll see what comes in time. So yep. don't know if you guys have anything to add there. Nope. Good luck. No, I can't, wait. I can't wait to see what you come up with, man. So, again, those names are few and far between in the industry sometimes. Those that You just go, oh, it's Casey Hudson or, oh, it's Todd Howard. You just know. So I can't wait to see. I can't wait to yeah. see what he's got. Yeah. yeah. I think it speaks to, too, um, you know, to a degree of the expansion of the industry. We're yeah. seeing a lot of these new studios pop up you know jade yeah. raymond's got her new studio now after she left stadia she's jumped off that <laughs> ship um yeah. and set up her own studio and now you got yeah. casey and you know there's just there's there's so much expansion in the industry right now it's really right. interesting to watch uh, yeah i said that on living split screen this morning was that people are concerned about consolidation so much but there's so much talent so many people in this industry at this point that it fills in right away we don't yeah. have to worry about that that's it's no. not going to be a problem. No, we've you talked know, about that before. Is like people, you know, you started to see the whole uh, monopoly word pop up when Bethesda was announced. It's like if you're saying that, you have no idea how big this industry is. Zero. I mean, it's a blip. Yep. Um, yeah, it's far larger than that globally. So, and as you said, with all the new developers popping up, it, it's just going to continue to grow. So it's yep. good stuff. End of the day, as we always say here on this show, is uh, all it means is more games for us. Yeah. That's all it is. Yep. So it's good for us at the end of the day. All right, guys. Um, we got through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me shout out a few things real quick. Um, so we, we did a, um, on Tuesday, we did a Halo Infinite roundtable. So if you're someone that's looking forward to Halo Infinite, um, whether it be campaign or multiplayer or just kind of learning more about the series in general, I see a lot of people revisiting Halo now or even visiting games for the first time, which is, as a Halo lover myself, it's great to see. Um, so check that out on our channel. It's gotten a lot of good feedback. You even heard from Travis that um, it was shared at 343, which is just wow. amazing. Um, awesome. You know, one of the designers yeah. reached out to him and told him that. So 
Okay. Uh, a lot of positivity and just six guys talking about their love for Halo. We got into the lore, we got into canon, multiplayer, all these things. So check it out if you haven't. Uh, Cast Co-op Episode 8 is up on the channel as well. Me, Joe, and Luke uh, just bullshitting about all kinds of gaming-related stuff. And uh, we've got some reviews coming as well. And if you are interested at all in more of the business aspect of Xbox um, and what's going on with the technology and where they're driving to in the future, I did put out a big article earlier this week, which goes into a lot of detail on that stuff as well. So always appreciate the support, guys. Hassan, you're coming in late with the Super Chat, brother. He said, I'm going to miss all this live for a couple of weeks. Great show as always. Thanks, man. Appreciate the Super Chat. Yeah, he's getting ready to take a big trip. So hope you have a blast, man. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on. Chat, you've been awesome today. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Steve, going to you first, man. Where can people find you? What are you up to? All right. So at Agitated Stove, uh, I'm writing for this uh, this website called Season Gaming. I don't know if any of you guys heard of <laughs> no it. Uh, <laughs> no I got a review for Dark Alliance coming out. I'm hoping this week sometime. I just got to fight through it a little bit more. Uh, and then I got my D&D podcast called Copper Piece. And every Wednesday, I have been starting up this new podcast with my friend Chris, also from Copper Piece, where we just bullshit about games. Um, <laughs> it is not serious at all, like this is. <laughs> we, it's literally the shit posting of of podcasts. So, um, if if you're interested, check that out. It's called uh, Ramble Encounters. So, just to set your expectations, nice. and that is it. Very good. Very good. Pong, again, thanks for the double header, man. I hope you stretch, get some food here shortly. Oh, yeah. But um, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it, especially on the short notice. Um, go ahead. Where can people find you, man? Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks again for having me, uh, Ains Dan. I appreciate it so much. Steve, it was great to be on a podcast with you, man. I love doing this stuff. So thank you. Uh, I'm glad to be back here again. Chat, amazing as always. Uh, see a lot of similar same names around yeah, everywhere. Yeah. You know, that's just crazy. This community is crazy, man. It's so much fun. So uh, you guys can find me, Pong Soul, everywhere, Xbox, Twitter. Uh, you know the drill by now. Uh, later tonight, you can find me on the Shop Podcast with PTK Blam, Centurion, Fuzzy Belvedere, and Stag Gorilla. Uh, Stag's taking a little time off, but tonight we're going to have Everborn Saga on, another great member of the community, a super creative guy. So stop by there, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Tuesday's Xbox Factor podcast over at Double Barrel, Double Barrel Gaming with Mr. Boomstick, of course, Zemi Games, and now 3-Bit, the VGHD, who's nice. in the chat, my brother from another. He's on there on Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Friday nights, two-tab Fridays. We call it two-tab Fridays because Steel Rain's on GRG. At the same time, I'm on it with Xbox Ultimate uh, with Fun Speculation, a.k.a. Mav is amazing wife, Caitlin, and the rest of the Magnificent Seven. Uh, that's 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Saturday mornings, back at it with the living split screen. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what? Are you kidding <laughs> Yes, 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 Dan. See, Dan, I care about this stuff. I talk oh a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, living split screen, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Central, 9 or 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central time, 3 p.m. UK time, living split screen, myself and my brother from another Steel Rain. We have a good time over there. Uh, you know, again, Ains, thanks for all your support, man. You're always popping in on there. We've got a great, great community going on over there. So come check us out there. 
But otherwise, you never know where else you're going to find me. Oh, tomorrow I'll be on uh, Green Pass Gaming. <laughs> I will actually be traveling across the pond to Green Pass Gaming and talk with the Euro Brothers over there. So come check me out 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central time. So, Wait a minute. Are you, the, are you the guy that's on all like, the milk cartons? Like, have I have you seen my <laughs> – Yeah, I think my wife put that out there, actually. So she hasn't, <laughs> she hasn't seen I counted me in his intro in seconds last night. You sure it yes. was seconds and not minutes? Yes. Oh, Two hundred. Oh, I missed it. Two hundred and forty-three seconds. Yep. How, how big's your resume, dude? Like, <laughs> he gets paid per uh, per appearance. Yeah, and I never thought I'd be podcasting ever. So I never did. I never thought I'd be here. And now I'm all. Yeah, I just wherever I'll go, I'll go and talk games. I don't care. Yeah, man. <laughs> nah, it's cool, man. It's cool. You're always welcome, um, and you always bring a good energy and positivity, man. So it's cool to see. It's cool to see. Thank you. Appreciate so, it, Dan. Close comments. Uh, I'll be here next week. <laughs> Just here. What about your show on Tuesdays? And the antithesis, the opposite of uh, Paul. No. No. <laughs> oh, Crazy, man. man. But I'm good for you, man. I mean, that's, that is dedication. I will say that because it's all about what you enjoy, right? You yeah, enjoy as long it. as you have fun, that's all that matters. That's all I always tell you. How do you uh, play yep. games? I, I got so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I carve out my time. I do. I, I still do. So. Oh, man. Much respect. <laughs> great. Appreciate it. Uh, Chad, seriously, you've been a lot of fun today, man. Good to see some new faces as well. Um, thank you guys for coming out. I know Saturday has really gotten busy with shows, um, and there's a lot of things out there. So really appreciate you guys always swinging by and hanging out with us. Um, it's a blast. So thank you. Um, but that was BitCast 161. You know we'll be back here next week as always. Uh, until then, have a good time. Keep playing games, and we'll see you then. Peace. <laughs>